can we not talk about family when family's all that we got? Everything I went through, you were standing there by my side. And now you're going to be with me for the last time. Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 14, the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, Lap 2. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two, And this episode is brought to you by Hostess Twinkies. We don't beat around the box. We tear it up. Ooh, okay. 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 Yeah. You like Twinkies? I haven't had a Twinkie, I mean, since this new box was delivered to my house. Shout out, Hostess. I haven't had a Twinkie before this in years. I feel like it was one of those things that I always thought looked gross. And then I had one. I was like, oh, no, it's just sugar. And like it's good. Like, it's not. It's not great, but it's good. I, I. I feel like I judged too hard. I think that I had the opposite reaction to Twinkies, which was like, in my head, like when I was a kid, my dad really liked them. I was like, oh man, I always want a Twinkie, and and like I remember as a kid, I would get in so much trouble because like I would always open one, but never actually eat it. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I would be like, oh yeah, this is like, and then it just. I wouldn't eat it. But now I love Twinkies. Shout out, Hostess. Thank you for sponsoring our podcast we appreciate it thank you hostess yeah so here we are lap two again still whatever it feels like i was thinking you know i'm looking at my notes i'm like i don't really have a lot of notes for tokyo drift taken from lap one and i was like i wonder i'm like we've seen this a bunch i was like oh wait no this is only lap two it feels like we've been doing this for a lot longer i had the exact same feels today i was watching it and i was like watching you know as as i'm watching this lap for like the deep cuts the interesting stuff i was thinking man i've been watching this a lot and i was talking to one of my coworkers, and he and he was like are you still enjoying it and i was like oh yeah definitely and i was like this is only lab two it feels like i've seen tokyo drift a ton this is only the second time that we're talking about it so and joining us a little bit later to talk about it for the first time will be chris mattiello of the now and again podcast i think we mentioned on the last episode he was gonna be joined by his co-host nico but Nico, due to some last-minute scheduling conflicts, had to bow out tonight. We will get Nico He's back sad. on because Nico has another new podcast on the network, X is for Podcast about X-Men comics. Oh, that's so right. Just got, that, you just announced check it, right? that out. Yep. You just announced First episode week. came out today as we're cool. recording this. Awesome. So, yeah, if you're into X-Men comics, it's our first comic book podcast. If you're into that, go check that out. Nico will be on at some point. Chris will be on a little bit later. But we have our, you know, our usual suspects, the things that we do at the beginning of the show now. Top of the hour top of the hour so we have extracurricular activities so we recorded the last one you know last month it was before labor day my labor day wasn't super notable i just you know had a friend over we went out to get food did you do anything you had a bar did you have a barbecue for labor day i don't think i did i think rachel and i just like laid low Hmm. i was trying to think if we did have a labor day barbecue and i don't think that we did um, I have some other stuff though, because when I was when I was eating dinner tonight before we were recording, I was thinking like, man, you know what? Maybe this is a time that I should think about doing extracurricular <laughs> activities. And I, I've been thinking wait, about wait, other wait. stuff that I was doing. What? Are you saying that you did some prep for the podcast? I you you might be surprised, but I did a lot of prep today. Wow, in okay. many different ways that I didn't tell you about. Mm. I mean, you're not going to notice it, but I, I did I did do prep. So yes, wow, okay, I did. that's impressive. So what else? What, what else did you do? Because I have a couple things. To mention, but what'd you do this last month since we last recorded? Too fast, too you have serious. Some big ones. I have some gentle ones. Uh, one, uh, Rachel and I took. That's you know what? That's what we did for Labor Day. That's why we didn't have a barbecue because Rachel and I took a weekend trip to Portland, Maine. Oh, right, right, right. So I love Portland, Maine. Um, I'm a big beer head. We talked about this before. Yep. And um, I love going up there because they have some awesome breweries. Bissell Foundation, Allagash is up there. 
Battery Steel, like a whole bunch of them. Bissell's like one of my favorite breweries ever to go to. So we went up there. We spent a weekend there. We ate some good food. I ate some oysters. There's this cool restaurant. I don't know if you... I'll tell you about it. It's a place called Eventide Oyster Company. Okay. Okay. And they have a spot in Portland that's like their only restaurant. It's kind of small. And it's always like slammed. It was like especially slammed this weekend. So it was like a two and a half hour wait or something. But like we went back like the next night and like, you know, did it properly. We went in and ate there. But you know where their other, they only have one other satellite location. You know where it is? Uh, Cape Cod. Fenway Park. I wasn't too far off. You weren't too far off. But they have a little like pop-up place in Fenway. Very cool. Yeah, and they serve, like, you know, some of their, like, mainstay dishes, and it's awesome. Great place. So we did that. The only other thing that I, that happened was, uh, we went to the Big E, which I think I've talked about on here before, but it's, like, a giant fair for all the New England states. You're saying that, like, every every state has, like, its own massive tent, right? Yeah, but they're, like, permanent houses. They're, like, built there, and they, like, like, live in this fairground. I don't know if they use it for anything else during the year besides this, but, yeah, every state there, you know... Vermont, Maine, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, something else. Connecticut. They all have <laughs> they all have their own um state houses. Each state house like, you know, brings like their specialties, lobsters and maple syrup in Vermont, and you get cabot cheeses in one and you know, it's just like it's really cool. And it's just a big fair. I love going and I had a good time there. But that was my two major recent things that I did this past month. Very cool. Well, I'm not really a fan of oysters, but I might go to Fenway Park in the next month or so, because the last couple years I've gone up, because my previous podcast, before the Case of the Podcast Network, which I think I might have mentioned on here, is Sports for Starters with John Brooks, and he lives in Connecticut, sort of northeast Connecticut. Uh, He and I go to, the last two years we've gone to a Red Sox game, I've driven up there, he's driven us to the the game. We tried to make it happen this year. It didn't happen, but I was like, you know, assuming it's not, like, ridiculously expensive, I'd like to go to a playoff game this year, because, you know, they're the best team, the best regular season team in, like, almost 20 years. Like, they have, they just got their 107th win today. Yeah. I was going to say, they broke 100 wins. Aren't they, aren't they, do you think they're going to break the record for, like, most wins in a season by a team? No, they, like... they, they can't. They don't okay. have enough, there's not enough games left. That, I hope to go there, but maybe I'll scatter it out. I'm probably not going to go, because I'm not, you know, not big on seafood, but, you know, it is what it is, but that's, you know, just sort of a little they bit have of other coincidence. Stuff. It's cool. But yeah, if you're there, just walk by it, wave for me. Sure, will do. Thank you. In the last month, I did two big things. First off, went to Toronto with Samantha. Side note, no more Samantha. Samantha and I broke up, so... I'm sad. You know, better to know early than late, but, you know, we had a good four months, close to four months, and so that was good, so... She almost made a whole lap. She... She, well, I'm glad I got a good laugh out of that. I didn't know how that was going to play, but I'm glad that you chuckled. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to think, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Quite. Half a lap. Half she a lap. Half a lap. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Not bad. She did, a, she did full Giselle. Like, just in and out. Real quick. Boom, boom. <laughs> we uh, we went to Toronto and so we saw a Blue Jays game. It was great. It was That's a lot cool. of fun. It was one of the most Is fun the baseball Jays games I've been cool to. Is the Blue Jays stadium cool for baseball? It was a great game. Like, the stadium was pretty cool. We got front. We had first row in the outfield for 30 bucks each. Like, it was really good seats for not that much money. The Blue Jays are terrible this year. Okay. Uh, not like, you know, not Orioles terrible, but they're pretty, pretty bad. The stadium, I think, is pretty cool. It's not spectacular. I mean, I sort of, you know, it's if you're judging it against the Yankee Stadium, which is like one of the most boring stadiums in the league now, it's better than that, but it's not... Okay. You know, I don't think you have to go out of your way. I'm just going there because I'm trying to check off all the baseball stadiums. It's Rogers Center, right? It's the Rogers Center, yep. And so I've now been there between, for a concert, never a baseball game. but I've been Between there our concert. trip to Tampa and Orlando this year and that stadium in Toronto, <laughs> I checked off the AL East this year. So I, I've oh, already cool. seen for you. Yankees, Red Sox, and Orioles, and now I saw the other two. So 
another division down. So with that, and guess what? Next recording, I might have some fun news about stadiums as well. So ooh, Uh, we went. We recorded an episode of Winona Forever, the Winona Ryder podcast, another podcast on the network. I met up with Lindsay and Rekka, who I'd never met in person before. Cool. Um, So that was cool. We had a lot of really good food. You told me to go to the keg. You told us to go to the keg. The keg was a great steakhouse. But I don't know if I told you this. The morning we went to the keg. We went to this place called like Detroit Diner or something. It was like a Detroit themed okay. place. Detroit it themed? Was, That's cool. Yeah, it was all like you know Detroit sports and like I think I feel like rock and roll and stuff and like whatever. It was one of the best breakfasts. It was simple breakfast, one of the best breakfasts I've ever had in my life, and maybe the best bacon I've ever had in my life. Even better than that bacon at that at that steakhouse that we went to in Connecticut. Did you ever eat mine? I don't know, but man, this was it was so good. And like this breakfast okay. was like cheap and it was just delicious and it was like Dude, everything honestly, about it was incredible. Every time I go to like a fancy breakfast place, it's like berry compote and yep. stuff like that. I'm always disappointed, dude. All I want is eggs, bacon, toast, pancake. You know what I mean? I, yep. I want the I want the staples done really well. Yeah, this Not, is like eggs and bacon and toast yeah. and feel like oh and like maybe the potatoes too and it was just oh man it was so good and it was like seven bucks american it's nothing it's super it's cheap. it was insane it was amazing so if anybody's in toronto go to this place it's just search detroit breakfast or detroit diner or something you'll find it you know a lot of really good food keg was great that was great had poutine yeah. uh that was good that was fun but then the more important okay. thing for this podcast two weeks later i went down to austin to visit my sister. Yes, this is what I was waiting for you to say. Go ahead. Going to go down for Fantastic Fest, but then Fantastic Fest ra- raised the prices, and then like I talked about last month, had yeah. the wedding to go to in Scotland, which was really expensive, so I didn't do Fantastic Fest this year. However, while I was down in Austin, my sister and I took a trip up to I'm Georgetown, so went to Stellar Bakes, where fan of the show Wes Hampton and his wife have this bake shop. It's actually really cool. I haven't I haven't told Joe. Like, we talked we talked about it a little bit, but I'm glad you saved some stuff for me. But like obviously you couldn't hold this in because I, I was excited about it too. I was asking. I haven't told you like anything about it. Like so they have Go like ahead. this little bake shop that's in the front of a sip and steam place. So people come in there, they like stain boards and then paint them and they have like all oh. these like boards like all around the house, okay. all around their I mean all around the restaurant or cool. all around the bakery, all around the you know the, okay. the shop. Wes's wife's family is from Pittsburgh, so she's got a couple Steelers one that she's I, made. So I, I, I saw her post some Steelers things before, and and I was gonna I was gonna ask, but I didn't, I didn't want to get that creepy about it. But yeah, I'm I'm a big Pittsburgh fan, obviously. So yeah. I'm glad that we can relate on that. Uh, my sister and I got one of each cookie of theirs. They were all delicious. You know, the ones that we had night of were incredible. We saved a couple overnight just because we couldn't eat that many cookies overnight, and I had them at the airport the next morning, and they were still good. Um, so shout out Stellar Bakes. What's your favorite uh, was, one? Give me your favorite one. They had one. It was like a pumpkin chocolate chip, chocolate chunk maybe. It was great. They had a Snickerdoodle one that was. I mean, they all like literally all of them. Oh, there was also there was one. I think it's. They said it's one of the most popular ones. They were sort of you know self-deprecating of these cookies because they were saying humble. it's just they were humble about it. Well, they were humble, but they were just like. It's two Ritz crackers, the peanut butter in between, and melted white chocolate on top of it. And it was just so good. It was so... Like, they were all just so good. <laughs> that's awesome. They were delicious. Simple. Simple and... Cla- that's... Dude, just do simple shit well. That's all yep. I want. Yep. So, I'm jealous I didn't get to eat any, because I They also have, but they didn't have at the time... Well, they had some in the back. They also had um, ice cream. They could do, like, ice cream... Like, cookie ice cream sandwiches and stuff like that, which was really cool. They had different rotating flavors, so my sister and I tried a banana one that was really good. All their food was delicious. So if you're yeah, in the happens. awesome area, drive north a little bit, go to Georgetown, go check out Stellar Bakes. It's 
great. I can't say enough good things about it. And plus, Wes is super cool, and Wes and his wife are both super cool. So yeah, that was cool. You know, we I had a bunch of other really good food in Austin. It was weird going down there because like I didn't really have plans because That's I normally my favorite kind of trip, though. go down there for the film festival, and I was like, oh, I have time. But what we wound up doing, which was really cool, is we went to this bar on Friday night that had like five or six local bands all sort of swap members members with each other and oh, they all wife swap they all wrote like a 25 or 30 minute set about a different twin peaks character and oh. then played those songs and so it was super cool they had twin peaks vendors on site that they were selling shirts they had you know donuts and coffee and pie this woman was selling her art and stuff like that like there was a lot of really cool stuff going on uh, just a really cool place to check out was there a log there was a log my sister picked it up took a picture with it it was an actual <laughs> log she got like pine on her hands and she was like i don't know what this is she's like oh i know what it is it's actually the real log so yeah uh, but yeah that's cool, cool. that awesome. was a good weekend though yeah so good weekend a couple good trips this past month uh the next month i don't think there's a ton going on we are which we will report back on next month having a cage club podcast network summit at my family. house this month family reunion. family yeah. and then there's gonna be a bunch of halloween parties i guess or something that i gotta figure out if i'm gonna go to also gonna figure out uh who to be Maybe I'll be Sean from Tokyo Drift. Who knows? That's a good one. It's not too difficult of a costume to pull off. Not at all. Cool. Okay. Well, that was extracurricular activities. Next up is our mailbag. Unless you have anything else you want to share about your past month? No. No, I'm good. I, I, sh- I hopefully will have fun stuff to talk about next month. Cool. Oh, one other thing I would want to say. We are on Instagram now, at Too Fast yes. Too Forever. I That's don't right. update it as much as I remember should, because social media is really our downfall. I probably shouldn't have started one of these, but if you want to follow us, go check out Instagram. Just let me push all the Facebook stuff to it. Do it the other way around. If you put it on Instagram, you can push it to Facebook. Okay, cool. I'll do that soon. Just give me a login. We'll talk about it later. Cool. So we have two emails this month. We have one from Wes, which we'll read second, and one from our newest fan. Someone that we found. So he found us on Reddit, I think. Doesn't even matter. We love all of our fans, however you find us, so. I don't remember his real name, but he goes by Brian Spillner in his email. I can And he signs it, no one likes the tuna here, so. Okay. Subject line, I'll have the tuna, no crust. Hey guys, newfound listener to the show, and I must say, I love it. Good. I'm working my way through lap one episodes now, halfway through Fast Five lap one. This was a couple weeks ago, so he maybe is caught up, we will see. Maybe. I'd like to start for saying thank you for making an awesome show for super hardcore Fastiverse fans like myself. Well, that's... I don't even think that it's that hardcore, but I'm glad that you think so. The thing that makes me happy is that the people who love these movies the most seem to really dig, you know what I mean? Like, we have Downton Tom. We're doing it justice, we got Wes, kind of. We got Brian yeah. Spiller now. Yeah. You know, there's... The, the people who really care about these movies seem to like our take on them, which, you know, makes me really happy that we're doing something right. Word. I'm holding you to your promise that the show will go on forever, which, yeah. Until Joey dies, it will yep. go on forever. Too like Fast Too Forever brings a wave of nostalgia and happy memories flooding over my early 30s heart. I discovered the podcast. Oh, here we go. I discovered the podcast while browsing the subreddit R Fast and Furious while watching Fast and Furious 6 on TV. <laughs> Listening to your show has reinvigorated my love for the movies and tuner culture. And so I think what I did is that I looked, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken here, somebody posted something about Too Fast Too Furious. And then Wes, I believe. Oh, I remember. I remember the story. The name of the poster was like Joe something. 
like his like Reddit name. Yeah. And, and Wes goes because he the post was about the Gallo Twelve or the Gallo Twenty Four, and Wes and we says, were just about to record Too Fast Too Furious. Yeah. He's like, this is so weird. But are you by any chance one of the Joes from Too Fast Too Furious? Too, too Fast Too Forever. I know they're going to record this episode soon. And then basically the response from everybody was like, wait, there's a podcast, and so Brian which was Earl really Spiller, cool for us. We geeked out a little bit. I geeked yep. out a little bit. Yeah. So uh, listening to your show has reinvigorated my love for the movies and tuner culture. The OG Fast and Furious came out when I was 16, and it changed my life. The concept of modified civics was completely foreign to me until a friend told me I just had to watch this movie. So I rented <laughs> it, watched it, bought it the same day. I then proceeded to watch it nearly every single day for a series of months and frequently thereafter, which is awesome. Same. Same for me. I can agree. Soon I discovered Super Street Magazine. He attached a picture for his first issue of Super Street, which I'm going to download right now. Give me one second. Does he have the first issue? Like, does he still have it? That's really cool if he does. So I'm putting it in here. Yep. It looks like he took it. So, like, this, he probably still has it. That's really cool. Okay. It is Super Street God, Rolling Hard Volcanic Celica. Did you ever get any? I, probably not, right? You probably not, of course never not. got any of these magazines. Of they course were, not. It was Fast and the Furious just in picture form, right? It's just like cars, hot girls. Like, that's it. That's the whole thing. People know who listen to this, but I'm not insulting the magazine or tuner culture. It's just not my thing. So, like, I'm just saying, of course, yeah, like, yeah. this is not, you know. That's I don't why I was say, saying like, I, didn't think that you, yeah. I didn't think that you ever got them just because it's like it wasn't your speed right. at the time. But if you're, like, you know, 16-year-old, 14-year-old boy, this is, like, top tier. You know, like, it's equivalent to Playboy for me, so. <laughs> uh, at the time, I was driving my mother's 1998 Pontiac Sunfire. My fast yeah, food paycheck cool paid for the Saturday afternoon trips to AutoZone for music-responsive neon lights and other cheap accessories. <laughs> That's so cool. In my defense, I had them professionally installed, and they helped me get my first serious girlfriend, which is Word. awesome. It always works, yeah. Dreams of the RK Sport catalog Sunfire filled my head. <laughs> See, I no longer had the dream of becoming a millionaire and owning a Ferrari. I could buy a Civic and be just as happy, if not happier. That's the whole tuner culture. A chance of my dream car came around 2003 when I found an EK Civic with a few mild modifications online for a price I could afford. My parents, knowing that tuners were my passion, nixed the idea. I may never forgive them for that, <laughs> dot, 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 kidding. Off to college, I went Sunfire in tow, broke and focused on girls and partying. Tuner culture fell down my priorities list. True. Then in 2008, after I landed my first quote-unquote real job, I was able to buy a more tuner-appropriate car, a 2005 Nissan Sentra S-E-R. Yeah. Now that I was making a car payment and living on my own, I still didn't have the money for mods. Fast forward, Amen. my current car is a 2016 Subaru Impreza, which he attached a pick to, so I'll put this in here. You know all my friends have Subarus. Zach has a Impreza. I know, no. he's a WRX, sorry. Adam has a WRX, but he's the hatch. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Awesome. Which was purchased as a, quote, practical vehicle that my wife picked out to replace the S-E-R as we bought a house and grew our family. Still no mods. Either this car, which oh, can never fuck. be made to be... You know where he quote, is? This, this picture, the, the picture is in front of Bearded Iris, which is in Nashville. I know this brewery. Oh, very yeah. cool. I saw it in the back. I didn't mean to blow up your spot. Just, I just like that you uh, are able to geolocate people and places based on... <laughs> I love beer, man. I do, yeah. so... Yeah. Sorry if we blew up your spot, Brian. Either this car, which can never be made to be, quote, fast, or my next car will be the tuner car I've always wanted, even if it's just a set of wheels, intake, and exhaust. Amen. He says, this email's running long, and I begin to suffer from semantic satiation from typing furious so much. So I'll stop <laughs> here and check in again after a few more episodes, but I want to give you my rankings before I go through and rewatch all the movies again with Too Fast, Too Forever as my companion. 
Cool. Here we go. From the bottom up, number eight, Fate of the Furious. That's yeah. We put it. We a lot of us put it. Fast away. and Furious, number four. Okay. Number six, Fast and Furious six, which is very low. Yeah. Number five, Too Fast, Too Furious. Number four, Fast Five. Okay. Number three, Furious Seven. It's R.I.P. Paul. Yeah. Number two, Tokyo Drift, and number one, The Fast and the Furious, the OG. Yeah. So it feels like he's got nostalgia driving this list, and he's also got actual driving driving this list. Yeah. So. I love, I love Tokyo Drift. I'm glad that we have another Tokyo Drifter with us. So He says, the show is awesome. Keep up the great work. Signed, no one likes the tuna here. So, <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm glad. Thank Thanks you. for writing in, Brian. I hope that you keep writing in. And, and listening, or either or, it doesn't matter. Just yeah. check in. Say hi. We like to, like hearing back from our friends. So just like, even if you're like, hey, don't fucking read this, but I'm alive. We're like, that's cool with me. Cool. Yep. Last email we have, this is from Wes. Ready to drift, subject line. Oh. He says, what up, fam? What up, fam? How excited to be back in Tokyo this month. I love this movie with all of its cheesy dialogue, over-the-top Japanese gangster plot, and legitimately mind-blowing racing. I love the fastness of the rest of the movies, but this movie has, hands down, the best precision driving in the series, and it's all done practically, which always floors me when I watch some of these drift scenes. I have a friend that loves this franchise. She's the one that brought me back to the FNF fold, but doesn't like Tokyo Drift, which I think is absurd. I don't think she's really split. watched it since it came out. No, it's a split company, man. Like we, we, you've heard it. You've heard it in our rankings. You've heard us talking to people. Yep. Some people love that, like Tokyo Drift. Some people hate Tokyo Drift, and it's just yeah. it's how coin falls. So I don't think she's really watched it since it came out, but I keep telling her we're all going to sit down and watch it together. You should. And it will prove to her that it is a great movie. Oh, side note. I want to say it's Wes's cousin. He, he was telling me a story about how, like, a 14-year-old girl that he's related to, I think it's a cousin, maybe it's a niece, someone, okay. had never really watched action movies. And so a couple of years ago, yeah. uh, they watched Fury Road. And oh, cool. she, after she watched Fury Road, she was like, that was incredible. What else you got? And Wes and his wife were like, have you seen The Fast and Furious? <laughs> and she's like, no. And so he said that they watched, like, one, two, five, six left her and said like with for homework go see furious seven basically so okay they are doing their civic duty as both responsible adults and also fast and furious fans amen i'm glad you attracted a new fan west goes on the past month my wife and i have been re-watching parks and rec getting ready for a nationwide parks and rec themed pub quiz happening at the end of september which he said that they went to he says so far i've caught two references to the fastiverse one was just the mention of vin diesel's roles leading up to the fast and furious but the other was a direct reference to the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. In Season 5, Episode 2, Tom is helping Andy train for his police exam. Yeah, go ahead. And he mods his pace car golf cart with a lot of luxury add-ons, including a custom paint job to match Han's Nissan Silvia S15, what they call in this movie the Mona Lisa. Yes. He says, interestingly, Tom refers to him as Han Lu, which is Sung Kang's character's last name in Better Luck Tomorrow, which we knew, which we had found out about sometime recently like i we i learned that in the last like since we started this podcast Same. i don't remember when i don't remember why yeah west goes on but i don't remember that name being revealed in any of the fast and furious movies i know they show his id in fast five that says han solo like s-e-o-u-l dash o-h like han solo yeah but justin lin has confirmed this is a fake name i guess the parks and rec writers were just fans big fans which is apparently super cool. do you watch the good place no the good place is back tomorrow night the good place is incredible the good place is about i'm not even gonna say what it is because there's so many weird amazing twist that I don't want to say it but there's one real dumb dumb character on the show okay okay he is talking I mean they're all kind of dumb dumbs in a way yeah. but this guy's real dumb he starts off I think an episode by saying five is one six is two three is three and then like at the end he's like and those are my rankings of the Fast and Furious movies oh, so I fuck. feel like oh, shit. whether it's a joke that these are just you know such like big movies or that these pop culture writers for these shows comedy writers just love these movies whatever it is 
they have permeated our culture in a deep, deep way. I feel like everybody loves these in a way. You know, people yeah. like who get it love them. You know what I mean? Like For not sure. not ironically, just like genuinely. Yeah, I agree. Says so here a few notes from last episode. Another excellent guest. Shout out Brian Rodriguez of the High School Slumber Party Everybody Podcast. Two F Two F is my least favorite movie in the series, but Brian had a lot to add and gave me some reasons to revisit it with a new perspective. So I know Brian really loves that. Brian really loves does Suki. Love it. Yeah. In regards to Brian's nickname, apologies if he made this connection and I missed it. I don't think we did, but I'm pretty sure they're referencing the Steve McQueen character from the movie Bullet which is known for its classic car chase through San Francisco. Okay, yeah, I was thinking it was it, but I didn't say it, but go ahead. Rob Cohen and John Singleton both likened Paul Walker to a modern-day Steve McQueen, so I think Singleton was trying to subconsciously put that out there with the nickname Bullet, which I maybe thought, but definitely didn't say. I didn't say and either, Bullet, but I when, thought it. When we get to a, uh, a lap with pit stops, I do want to do that for a car movie lap. Like, I don't know, I don't think I've ever seen Bullet, but I know that it's like a I've classic I've never seen it all the way movie. through. I know my dad has watched it, like, with me as a kid, but I don't think I ever, like, sat through it and watched it, especially at, like, Age of Reason, you know? Yep. He says, you talked about Ava Mendez's character being, quote, compromised. Generally, when you're talking about someone working undercover, the term compromised means their cover is blown. I'll be honest, I haven't watched 2F2F in a while, but I think they're more concerned about her being in danger if Verone knows who she really is rather than her sleeping with him to get close. Well, give it a I think we're talking about compromised when, like, he tells her where, where to go, and they go to that place, and they know that she's turned on him you know what i mean like yeah. that's i think that's what we're talking about like i think it's somewhere maybe in between but i'm not sure yeah this is also something cool that i think west told us something recent or similar in the past he says the guy freestyling tesh's garage jimmy yes. is another in the long line of hip-hop cameos his name is mc Jin, and i just made no. i just found this pretty amazing in-character rap he did about fast and furious after watching it, I fully support bringing Jimmy back. He links me to a thing called Dear Dom, Jimmy from Too Fast, Too Furious Rap, which we will talk about. Uh, he says, thanks for the shout-out on the cookies and the cross-stitch stuff real quick. Here's a rundown of what's on our Wi-Fi password piece, clockwise from the top left. Let us know. Remember, he yeah. did the thing where he like had the thing? Yeah. Four turtles in the corners, Back to the Future DeLorean, Spider-Man, 1967 Imper- uh, Impala from Supernatural, which is, that's a show that like pop culture loves and I have just known nothing about. I've you never seen it yet. Yeah. on the CW that has like 14 seasons or something. Yeah. Like it's one of the most like successful and like longest running shows on TV right now. And I don't know shit about Same. it. Same. Yeah, I know nothing about it. Good. Which is weird because like I, I saw sort of against my will kind of in college the first season of Big Bang Theory. But I feel like even without that, I know more about Big Bang Theory, Big Bang Theory just because like it's permeated culture. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Supernatural just hasn't. Yeah, it's kind of, like, not referenced a lot or anything. Like, I only see it, like, when I'm like, oh, yeah, this show still exists. I remember that. Ravenclaw Crest, proud Hufflepuff right here. Bill and Ted Phone Booth, oh, which I also talked about. They did a bunch of Bill and Ted cookies, which were incredible. I also told them about Keanu Club, so, you know, maybe they'll check that out. Can I tell you something on Harry Potter note? Yeah. Like, recently this month, too, my sister and Rachel let me know that I'm firmly a Slytherin. And, like, I didn't want to accept it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What did you think you were? Not a Slytherin. (laughs) But I'm glad that everybody's on the same page. Thanks, guys. But yeah, I do like. I mean, so so once, maybe maybe twice a month, Rachel will get real drunk and start texting me. Yeah, and sometimes with you in the thread, sometimes without you in the thread. This last month, she texted a meme that was basically like, "Oh, there's four kinds of people in Harry Potter world. There's brave people, there's smart people, there's evil people, and then the leftovers or whatever." Yeah, and you know, poor Hufflepuff, but that's me. Uh, yeah. Also on his password thing, Breaking Bad Heisenberg face, Ghostbusters Ecto One, Miyagi Do Karate logo from Karate Kid, mm-hmm. Jurassic Park Jeep, 
Rumham. Oh, Rumham from Always Sunny, oh, which I did not that's see. What it was okay. Incredible. Doctor Who Tardis, Gryffindor Crest, and of course the lost numbers as our password. Ironically, I wasn't able to fit anything Fast and Furious related on there, but I have some plans for different, bigger Fast and Furious piece. So they also unrelated to this. One of their friends did for Cookie Con, which Wes's wife did these incredible I Netflix saw. true she crime won second place. I saw them; they were awesome. Uh, one of her friends did this really, really incredible lost cookie montage set piece or whatever, and it was just, I was so enraptured. Like, I just loved it. I mean, like, the Netflix ones were incredible, but, you know, Lost is my, my favorite. Yeah, that's your one true love. That just, yeah, you know, they I were know. like, oh boy. So that's that. So he also, he ends the email with a car pick. For the game? Yes. Okay, cool. Save it to the end. We're going to let Chris play too? No, because we're going to forget it. Let's just do it now. Go ahead. He says he'd never heard of this car until a few months ago when he saw one on a show and was kind of intrigued. Okay, that's a good hint. It's American. American. It was produced from 82 to 87. Okay. In 87, one of its models was the fastest U.S. production car released. Is it a Hersolds? Nope. Is it an Oldsmobile? No. Because of the car's appearance and being released during the initial popularity of Star Wars, it's often referred to as Darth Vader's car. Is it a Pontiac? No. Not a Pontiac, not an Oldsmobile. And also, the last little hint, Dom used this car in a gasoline heist in the beginning of one of the movies. Is it a Trans Am? No. No, it's not a Pontiac. Gasoline heist in one of the beginning of one of the movies. It's a two-door sedan. Calling it a Darth Vader car is good. Um, I think that's very apt description. Is it a Dodge? No. It's got dual white headlights in the front with a long, narrow... Are they round headlights or square or rectangly? Square or rectangly? Somewhere in between, but they're kind of close to square-ish. Okay. Uh, they've got a long orange fog light below them. Hmm. One side or both? or Both sides, orange okay. fog light. The hood has one of those, like, exhaust, like, hood a scoop? noticeable elevated exhaust. Hood scoop? What's a hood scoop? A hood scoop is, like, the thing that looks like a mouth, or does it have, like, the exposed engine on top? No, like it's Dom's... not. It's not either of those. It's. It, I guess it's more, it's It's not, it's, it's closer to a hood scoop, but it's not, it doesn't have an open mouth, if that makes sense. It's just sort of like an elevated little thing. Okay. What else What else can I tell you? Did you watch the show Fastest Car? Yes. It was on that. Okay. That's where he first saw it. Yeah, Fastest Car was the one that I told you I wanted you to watch. That's what it. I thought. That's what I thought. Is it a Maz? No, it's an American oh, car. I didn't tell you. This is going to give it away. It's black. Yeah, thanks. It's not an Oldsmobile. Is it a Dodge? No, we said nope. no Dodge, right? I don't think I said no Dodge, but no Dodge. Um, Ford? Nope. I don't know. I don't know. An American car? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You have to, you have to give me a, another hint. What's the company? GM. GM. Uh, I don't know. What was it? I don't remember. Buick. Okay. Buick Riviera? Nope. Regal. It is a type of Regal. Oh, it's the kid that had... Oh, he had that super fast one. They had like a whole clan of them. I don't know what the special type is. It's a Grand National. Grand National. Okay. So in the show, there's this guy and he has a Grand National and he has like a whole crew of dudes that just love this car, specifically this car. And um, they all had a bunch of them, and he, he races it. I forget which race it was part of in um, Fastest Car. Here's the picture of the car. Yeah, I like Grand Nationals, too. When you first said it, go Google a picture of a Hearst Olds, <laughs> and it looks very, very similar. But yeah, this is really cool. I like I like Buicks. I like these old Buicks. A Hearst Olds does look similar. Very similar. Right? Very, very similar. It does, yeah. looks, seems to be a little bit longer than this car. This sort of seems more snub-nosed-y a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Although maybe not. Maybe it's the angle. I don't know. Very cool car. Man. But yeah, I, so shout out Wes. Thank you, Wes, for writing thank in. You thank for you for another Brian hard um, car guessing game. 
But I appreciate yeah. it. I like playing. We have it said. We have the email address family at cageclub.me. If you want to be read on air, we will read anything that you send. Write us in family at cageclub.me. The last thing, so we have maybe you have another little tidbit, but the last thing is we have on the streets. Yes. Before you get to on the streets, I just want to say um, after pestering you for some months now, you finally watched Blockers. Oh, I did. Yes, yes, yes. Which if any of our fans that are listening haven't seen yet, there's a really great Fast and the Furious scene in it that I mm-hmm. had um, put on our Facebook page, yep. uh, Too Fast, Too Forever on Facebook. And it's just like a great scene that just references Fast and the Furious, and it's fun. And I yeah. like the movie. It was it was good brain mush if you like want to watch something on a you know Friday or Saturday night, just a random comedy. It's a good one. So Yeah. On the streets, I don't know if I have anything new. They started filming Hobbs and Shaw, which I don't know if we talked about yet. but Oh, they, start, they officially started filming it? That's where the, those pictures were from a couple weeks ago. That, those were like the first production stills. Okay, cool, cool, That was cool. them filming Hobbs and Shaw. So that's super exciting. I'm trying to think what else is going on. I didn't really didn't do any prep here. Do you have any other news about anything going on in the series or any of the actors? No, I was trying to find news about Han, but apparently he's just like not in the, like anything. Oh, one thing we did say, I don't know if we said on the last episode, is there's going to be another Paul Walker documentary, TV documentary that comes out in November, sort of closer to the anniversary of his death. Yeah, that's true. We'll be covering that at some point. So there's that. Oh, I don't know if you've seen on Instagram, but The Rock has posted a couple pictures of his cheat day meals. I've heard, I've seen the news. I've heard, I've heard about them. Oh my God. Like, I don't eat well, but like the amount of food, like I eat less than he, you know what I mean? It's just like, like he eats healthy, but yeah, but like he, like the volume. I saw one that it was like, it was like, these are, these are a dozen chocolate chip cookies with peanut butter in between them. Oh yeah. And, like, all of this stuff, so... And, like, what's crazy is he posts these, I think just because he's got a family and everything, like, he's like, all right, it's one thirty in the morning, I'm watching this documentary on Netflix, here's my cheat meal. He'll have, like, basically a table worth of sushi or, like, these gigantic, like, saucer-sized cookies with the peanut butter lathered in between, like, a cookie sandwich. Like, they just... Yeah. He looks incredible. Like, he he has, and he's like, oh, yeah, here's my hand for scale. And, like, you know his hands are, like, massive, and it's, like, an, it's like a big cookie for, like, yep. his size hand. And you're yep. like, what the fuck? Yeah, okay. And uh, he says, if you ain't cheating, you ain't eating, or something like that. <laughs> it's, it's the it's the inverse of the eating, ain't cheating. Yeah. All the like, you know, on Instagram, like when somebody posts something, like the comments you see are either person posted like responding to something, or just like a famous person. Yeah. So it's celebrity. like all these like famous people, like uh, like Joe Rogan is like, he's like, man, like I, you know, I'm in awe of you in so many ways, but like this might be at the top of the list, or whatever. <laughs> like just like. You know, everybody's just, like, so impressed by, like, his commitment to this incredible, incredible meal. I don't know if his regiment is as intense or as crazy as Mark Wahlberg's, which we haven't talked about. I sent you that, that thing, right? Did you, you see Mark Wahlberg's yeah, daily routine? Yeah, his wake up, wake up at 1.30 a.m. and pray, and then, yeah, yeah, I've seen it, yeah. Where everything is regimented to, like, the minute, and he goes yeah. to bed at 7.30. I think it's 7.30 to 2.30 or something. <laughs> He's asleep. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. I don't know if The Rock's regiment is as intense as Mark Wahlberg's, but, I mean, he looks incredible, and, like, he's a great action star, so whatever he's doing is working. So keep it up, Mr. The Rock. Dwayne The Rock, The Rock Johnson. Um, One other thing that we have that we've done before we take a break, we can keep going, like, this way, which I think, just because, you know, the next segment's going to be a lot of talking to Chris. What are you, or do you have any uh, observations that you noticed this time around about Tokyo Drift that we never, that you never noticed before? I have a couple. I'm going to say the first one, which is one that I also posted on Facebook today, is that I saw a little bit of something that, I don't know if it's an Easter egg or not, but I think it is. When they open the gates in the very beginning to do the race in the new, in Shangri-La, the housing development, it says, going fast. 
real yeah. big on the side of it. And this is like the first time I really noticed it reading it because you know like now i'm watching the movie for like the backdrop and stuff because like i've seen it so many times but yeah that was that was like the that was the main thing that i like easter egg thing i noticed this time one thing that i noticed what i was sort of bummed about is that nobody says this is tokyo like you know how we have like this is brazil brazil yeah this is rio or no this is london like this is havana this is london this is havana uh we don't have that but what i do like is that there are you know race babes here on the sides that say ready seto and then the coolest thing sort of like makes like gender reverse because we had that like really cool looking dude I was gonna say smoking this, go a cigarette ahead. who's actually the one who just says go. Like it's just it's a weird cool thing. I love I it. I definitely noticed that this time too, and it's in my notes. Yep, that we have the general reversal where the guy sets the sets the race off. Yep. That was, you know, my big takeaway. Uh, I mean I have, I have a couple different things, but that was one of the ones that I definitely really noticed, noticed. And really enjoyed. Yeah. Alright, we'll take a quick break. We will come back with another word from our sponsors and bring in Chris of the Now and Again podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to Too Fast, Too Forever. This episode was brought to you by Hostess Twinkies. Before your taste buds were even born, we were making, creating, and perfecting some of the tastiest snack cakes around. And the rest, they say, is sweet, sweet history. I like that when you're reading something that your voice audibly changes. I, I was reading with enthusiasm. Yeah, I know. I just, you know, it, it works. Yeah, it's my reading voice. That's how I read in my like head. My, the voice in my head when I read is that voice. It's a little dainty. It's a little nice. Yeah. It, I like reading to myself old time, you like feels nice. There you go. We are joined, as we said before the break, by of the Now and Again podcast, and also, formerly, we did not say, formerly the defunct Monkey Club podcast, RIP Monkey Club, Chris Podcast. Hello, Chris Podcasts. Hello, hello. I wish there was a movie about racing monkeys. That would be pretty cool. Racing monkeys? That's yeah. D- Diddy Kong Racing. Oh, mm. you know what? Fair. Fair. There we go. The film adaptation of the beloved <laughs> Super Nintendo video game. So welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you for being here on our podcast building a family assembling a team assembling a crew lap we are you know we did the full full first lap with no guests we've had a couple different podcasts on the network here representing the contenders for episode one high school slumber party for two got now and again here for number three so thank you for joining us for this movie that we want to have you on there because as we were talking about before we started recording this has the most not necessarily iconic to use one of Brian Rodriguez's terms, uh, but one of the most interesting, one of the most unique, diverse, eclectic soundtracks in the, the Fastverse. Yeah, I uh, I did absolutely no research for this. So uh, what? Which is totally fine. fine. Yeah, You're what fine. year did this come out? Two thousand five. Okay, yeah, that seems correct. It's a lot of well, the okay. So then the inclusion of Kid Rock's Ball with the Ball is pretty inexcusable. Two thousand six. Two thousand six. I'm sorry. So it's even more inexcusable. But it, we are right in the middle of the bling rap era, so some of the soundtrack uh, is is spot on. Makes a lot of sense. A lot of Joe Budden. Many many cuts of Pump It Up in this one. So I guess the first question, Chris, you've never seen this movie before. Did you like it? Um, I wrote a little bit of a review. I decided I'm going to oh, yeah, start let's, doing let's hear your this. Review. Um, anytime I show up on a on a movie podcast, uh, other than the the Nolan ones, because that you know that'd be too consistent. Uh, but so I wrote a little review, yeah, because I used to do that back in the days. I, I wrote reviews. Joe, I don't know if you, I don't know if you knew this, but when we went to Chris and I both went to Ramapo, okay, we were both writing for the newspaper at the same time. I remember seeing him. I don't remember ever talking to him. He was just across the newsroom. We were the sports kids 
they were the arts and entertainment kids. And then years later, we went rafting with Christian Larson, former co-host of Monkey Club. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, why do I, Why do you look familiar? We were like, oh, that's why. You guys cool. are all super so, yeah, fucking outgoing, aren't you? Chris used to get reimbursed to basically go see movies and stuff, right? Yeah, it was, it was pretty neat. I uh, definitely got reimbursed to do a lot of stuff that uh, I probably should not have, but we were making a shitload of money for some reason for a student paper, and uh, no one really cared. Yeah, that's awesome. So a flashback to the days of the Ramapo News, the A&E section. What is your review of Tokyo Drift? Wait, were you at you were at, were you at Ramapo in 2006? Uh, I was. I was indeed. So. so this could have been in the Ramapo News. Yeah. Uh, I'm a much better writer now, though, so uh, even though I'm, I'm not doing the writing anymore, I think this is, this is significantly better than what I would have uh, written in 2006. The world's second oldest high schooler is sent to Japan after getting in trouble <laughs> for racing against the world's actual oldest high schooler. He discovers its secret racing underworld that plays like a 45-year-old white studio executive's racist ideas of both Japanese culture and rap videos. Most of his problems come because women constantly throw themselves at his interesting as an off-white wall Forrest Gump ass. He's inexplicably taken under the tutelage of Han, who I guess comes back for a few more of these things, and Han teaches him how to hit R2 on his controller when going into turns. He pals around with Lil Bow Wow in the world's most indestructible cars, and the pair do obnoxious things that would inform the personalities of the worst person in your middle school gym class for years to come. Despite all of the cars, car races, and car babes, everything is incredibly boring and can't be carried by a lead with all of the charisma of a California roll. Tokyo Drift is what happens if a can of energy drink becomes sentient and immerses itself in 2003 culture. I give it one embarrassing wow. Sunny Chiba cameo out of five. Wow, you hated this movie. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen for Cage Club. That still goes to Knock Knock. Uh, but this movie was just like, it was really, it was nothing. It was barely a movie. Wait, so... Do you know the 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 sort of the divide about this movie or no? Um, is it because it feels like a this is like the Halloween three of this franchise kind of I feel like uh, where it like it's so, just no. not connected to anything else. Yes. Well, no, it, 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 it is. is in a way like that. Yes, because Halloween three, which is going to be out in two days on oh, Third Time's Charm, to I was talked, cool. yeah, I talked about Shout it with uh, Mike Manzi and Dan Colon on that. The, the Halloween franchise had this idea, from what I've heard. To after they did the first two, they were gonna have like different stories sort of yeah. set in the same universe ish. We talked, I think, Joe, last time with Brian about how like if this movie flopped, this franchise might have lived on, but instead of just having the same characters, could have had a movie in Miami, then a movie in Tokyo, then yeah. a movie wherever, and just have all like Fast and Furious stories. Yeah. The important thing, Chris, about this movie is that this is the first movie that Justin Lin directed, yeah. who directed three through seven is back for nine, because he saved the franchise. That this sort of exists in a world between the first two movies and the later movies. Right. It has like the the glitz and the sheen and the gloss and the glamour of the really high, high budget Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six movies. But it also really has it's one of the last, if not the last movie in the franchise Real that's like racing. really really truly all about the race yes yeah. i noticed that i was curious when so i have seen this is a good point to start wait yeah, wait hold okay. on before you go one of the first things we ask all of our guests is we obviously know this we usually ask like set setting when you first saw this sure. one so, so you, you first saw, saw it tonight for the first time right this one yes but i i have a very clear memory of when i saw the first fast and the furious movie as well, well so, okay so but so before you answer that question what movies in the franchise have you seen well one uh three okay and two of them with the rock but i honestly couldn't tell you which ones or what happens in them okay so he shows up at five and he's in them through five through eight is so. dot a bad guy when she shows up she's yeah. bad in four and then becomes good in five. Oh, is 
Gina Carano in one of these movies? Six. Maybe five and six, then? Okay. So you saw the two best ones. Okay. I still can't remember anything about them, but sure. Great. Yeah. Well, on some future lap, you'll be back. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I did not see the one with the submarine. I know that. Eight. Okay. Yeah, that's the most recent one. That's for sure. Okay, so I, I have no memory of those The Rock ones other than I kind of enjoyed them and I described them um, to a friend uh, who has a really fond affection for the, this franchise. Every, every Joe I know in my life loves the Fast and the Furious franchise. <laughs> I was talking to him about it and he was like, they're just, you know, dumb, fun movies. I was like, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I think they're like kind of like the Avengers. They're kind of like superhero movies, but instead of putting on costumes, they get into cars and become invulnerable and get superpowers and i think that's like kind of interesting it's a good way to put it yeah i i can agree with that they are car superheroes in yeah. their own sense because literally anything in these movies would murder all of these people <laughs> yeah these people are indestructible including the other characters in these movies that murder all the people so yes yeah. which i do have questions about but we'll, we'll get to that okay so i remember seeing the first one i guess it was when did the first one come out 99 no i was in high school oh one okay 01. so yeah that makes sense um that was the times when i was going to the mall on friday nights and getting dropped off by my parents sounds very similar to all of our stories yeah Yeah. and we went to see fast and the furious and we had to sit in the front row because it was sold out uh, almost entirely sold out one of our friends ended up sitting on the stairs because he refused to sit in the front row Uh, and we uncomfortably watched the first fast and the furious movie and i wasn't really a car guy i had one friend who was like a car guy um cars really don't do anything for me so like all the car porn in these movies it just doesn't work on it's me. Lost on you? It's, yeah, it's really. Yeah, you're in the same boat as me. Really, just totally not fine. a movie for me. So I just kind of stopped with the franchise until people started saying like, "Yo, this is goofy and kind of fun again." And also, The Rock is great, and I I agree with The Rock being great. And I like movies that don't take themselves super seriously. They definitely don't. Saw those, but I, I like I said, I don't have any uh, recollection. And I remember this kind of being the bad one, uh, Tokyo Drift. This being the the one that everyone kind of made fun of at the time yes uh, so th- mm-hmm. this is this is our other point of the like the split here that you have two sets of fast and furious fans and you have ones that love tokyo drift and ones that hate tokyo drift there's nobody that's like tokyo drift is okay like you either love it or hate it in my experience of talking to people about it i love tokyo drift because it's so fucking zany but i know a lot of people that disagree with me I honestly expected zanier after the opening 10 minutes being, like, the most boring, cliched kind of dialogue and nonsense. I expected it to, like, kind of be aware that that's what it was doing, and then with the change of setting become, like, later Fast and Furious zany, but it just is kind of still the exact It's in between for you? Uh, It's not giving you enough of either? Yeah, yeah, kind of. I mean, I remember the first one being, like, I found the first one being, like, really boring, but at least it knew what it was. This movie is like, this dude is 17 years old, okay? According to this- Yeah, the, he's clearly 17. The world of this film, this 35-year-old man is 17 years old. How old was he actually? Do we know his real age I'm in this? Up. He is getting involved with the mafia. He is running from cops. Uh, he is murdering people, or attempting to murder people, or attempting to be murdered. It's absolutely fucking insane. Uh, <laughs> but, like, not in a good way. It's just, like, it's just dumb. I love him being 35, in this movie. So he was so when this movie was shot, he was probably twenty three. No, and Zachary Ty Bryan was like twenty four, twenty five. No, stop. Which one is he? Who's Zachary Ty? Home Bryan? Improvement. He's the one that he races in the beginning. The guy from oh, Home okay. Improvement. The guy that he races through the homes that are going fast. They are. Yes, I refuse yes. to believe that they are actually twenty three and twenty four. They look. Zachary Ty Bryan born in eighty one. Oh Lucas Black born in. 82. They look like they are in their thirties. Like rugged. 30s. They don't look young. This is also something that we will cover in eight months, I think, when we do our 
super three podcast crossover edition between Third Times a Charm, this podcast, oh, and yeah. High School Slumber Party. Because one of the things that Brian always asks on High School Slumber Party is, do you think these actors look like they could be in high school? And for the most part, oh, no. Absolutely not. But Definitely also, not. they're not that far off as much as they don't look in like In reality, it. yeah, they're not that far off. Like, we've seen Channing movies where Channing's older than this by a couple years. Yeah. He's in high school. He looks like, when, they, when he's palling around with Lil Bow Wow, he looks like he could be Lil Bow Wow's dad. He is that old. He is <laughs> yeah. that much older than him. And Lil Bow Wow looks so young. Um, and he also looks extremely age-inappropriate for the high school girl he is apparently chasing, uh, who dates Yakuza gangsters or whatever. DK. Everything DK, yeah. about this movie is... I want to say it's insane, but like that, the cool insane stuff comes later in the franchise. This is just really dumb. <laughs> This movie is, I think, arguably the most important one in the franchise because it it saved the franchise. Because one thing that we know, we've, we've also, just for the record, Chris, done zero research on these movies because we figured we would save the research until we'd have a time where we ran out of things to talk about. We don't know any of the trivia and stuff like that. One thing we do know is that for Too Fast, Too Furious, they wrote okay. two scripts. They wrote one where Vin Diesel was involved and one where he wasn't. Because at the end of the first one, he sort of drives off into the sunset. We don't know what's going to happen to his character. He's not in the second movie. The second movie, I think, made a fair amount of money. I think I I, I don't know the 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 that's the, the with, dominoes with falling Ludacris. to get to the point. That's where Ludacris comes in. That's where Tyrese comes in. Yes, but there is something happened where Vin Diesel obviously shows up at the end of this movie, and then the next movie from then on, it's all the original cast and crew again. We've talked about it a couple times in this podcast. The tagline for the fourth one is something like "New Vehicle." original parts which is super cool like they're self they're self-aware there that like it's a new movie but it's the people you know like it's no, no more of this nonsense like new characters new places it's like it's dom it's letty it's brian it's mia it's the people that you know here but this movie justin lynn's flair and style like even though this didn't do very well in the box office as well as the other ones yeah and definitely not as well as you know the billion dollar plus that the newer movies make this saved it because it sort of, I think, gave movie credibility in a way. Like, it could be, like, a really cool, even sort of bleed into that action movie world. Yeah, he firmly, he starts to pivot here. It's more action-y, and he showed that people wanted it. And also, this is kind of like the one where he's playing around, trying to figure out what the audience wanted. And from this, they got all the feedback of, like, no, we want the original characters back. And, like, this is yep. the kind of stuff that we want. Without him trying to, like, play here, we wouldn't have ever had four anyway. So that's why it's like, I do like that it changed into that kind of superhero action movie mold, and it stopped being just, like, this weird, super misogynist racing movie where, like, all of the women are literally just prizes, uh, and the racing isn't even that interesting. Like, car chases are cool. Like, I love a good car chase, but, like... The racing stuff? You don't like all the drifting in this one, really? No, it's the, the one through the streets of Tokyo. Is it it's like not a car? Is it a not a car guy thing? Is it just because like, you're not a car guy or you just don't like this drifting? Because I think that this is arguably like one of the most fun driving um, ones. I think the car chase through the city of Tokyo is cool and a unique setting. But like, I think any time that they actually like do the drifting as part of a racing... It's in, like, the most uninteresting setting. Um, like, the parking garage is really bland. The and mountain. Boring, except for the very end when the dude is, like, spiraling up it and drifting. And then the mountain is just... Is yeah. Just, there's nothing to look at there. It's really boring. You want better backdrops. Yeah, I thought, especially after getting the, the Tokyo Nights kind of thing. Like, you're, you're not going to come back from that. Like, that is a, a gorgeous setting. And they used it really well. And then going to, like, bland gray or black backgrounds didn't 
do a lot for me. The stakes weren't very high. This is this is so perfect. You're projecting the archetype of the later, f- like of them pivoting into you being yeah. a fan. You know what I mean? Like to to kind of divert some of the attention from like straight car and racing and like pivoting into more substance and backgrounds and stuff like that. Yeah, and I, I think there's even if the stakes are ludicrous, like these like these people who were part of a street racing crew. Uh, like are now saving the world from like thermonuclear war like that's silly and, and and doofy but at least their stakes we're here all of the races are like the first race in tokyo has no stakes cause it's not even his car it's just like a pride thing the race at the very beginning of yeah. the movie and tech, i guess sort of at the end are both four women uh and that's dumb and boring the i guess there's the one that actually is good the one through tokyo has some life or death stakes because they are trying to kill each other and then yeah the one thing is just like oh loser leaves town like it's a memphis wrestling match in 1975 and jerry lawler is is fighting bill dundee and the loser has to go to a different like it's just it's not interesting it doesn't feel like anyone's actually in any trouble and like they just bring guns out to try to make it feel like there's some sort of stakes and like the lazy yeah the yakuza doesn't bring enough trouble for you no no it's because it's this fucking baby's baby cosplaying as a as yakuza he's he's a he's a high schooler and uh, it needed more of Sonny Chiba. DK is not he a high schooler. Well All of his bros are. It needed a nice he's dating one. Uh, it needed more moments of yes. Sonny Chiba coming in and just like bitch slapping this child. Okay. Okay. I can agree with that part. Well, the, the what's interesting, I guess, is that there's a lot of Asian disappointment, <laughs> like that same sort of archetype in the first movie. There is. So there's a lot. There's. I, I feel like there's almost maybe like a conscious decision in this one to not do the same thing. You know what I mean? Like... We already did that. Johnny in the first Tran movie. disappointing his dad. Yeah. Yes. That we don't necessarily want to only portray, you know, these Asian elders as disciplinarians or something. fathers. Yeah. Essentially, you know what I mean? And I wonder if that was like an intentional thing or not, because it feels like it, it sort of veers there. But then Sunny Chiba was just like chomping on a cigar and stuff. I get that, and I'm I'm into that uh, because Justin Lin, I believe, did the movie Better Luck Tomorrow, which is yes, which also very has good. Han in it. Yes. And is a very good movie. Um, and Lin doesn't. Lin is, uh, you know, obviously he's Asian. He he is aware of Asian stereotypes and how to uh, how he thinks Asians should be portrayed in film. And it's always good representation. Uh, and yeah, no, I agree. I don't li- want like the disappointed Asian dad character who thinks the son isn't good enough. But I I would like a moment where this kid thinks he's running like an operation, and Sonny Chiba comes in and is like, "You don't know." anything asshole like there's like sort of that's, a the, that's of the scene that. when he brings him the folder yeah, that is that scene it's such a waste of sunny chiba to begin with and uh i don't know it's just it seems More so ridiculous sunny chiba. What, Check. All, what is going on throughout this entire movie it took me out of it a lot i can never really get fully into it because it never felt like there was any stakes it never felt like anything bad was going to happen but i was i guess can we get into like the connections to the other movies now because it's a yeah. burning question i have uh so this is Four, five, and six are a prequel to this movie? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that they didn't really try to actually keep any sort of uh, consistency. There's a lot of flip phone in this movie. I'm going to guess that they're not losing using flip phones in like four, five, and six, and like there's a lot no. of future technology. So this yeah. is like a horrible, so this is a, a weird dystopia where like Tokyo is 30, <laughs> 30 years behind us technologically. I think what happened, and this is what Joe was saying earlier, and we also don't know this for a fact, but it seems like they tried a bunch of new things, 
people didn't really respond well. Like, they responded well to certain parts of the, the filmmaking and everything like that, but I think people just loved Han. And so Han was talking about, like, this mysterious past. He's like, oh, no, I have money. Then at the end, Vin shows up. He's like, oh, I used to know Han. Pretty much the fans just brought Han back. No, but I feel like the fans made this a future movie because it feels like it could have been you know before say before the events of this movie before the events of the first two movies like years ago vin and han race together right like if this if this is still in chronological order maybe before the first movie he and han raced but then it feels like in a way because people loved han so much that like we need to bring this character back so we'll just put this at the end of like you know after six and then it sort of gets retconned, Chris, I don't know if you know, but like in this movie, it's made to look like an accident. Yeah. But at the end of six in the credits, Jason Statham's the guy in the gray car. He intentionally kills Han to get back at them for fucking with his brother in Fast and Furious 6. And so that is the whole thing there. But I feel like it's just Han's likability and the fact that he's a great character an actor. and the fans responding yeah. well made it a future movie because i feel like in my mind it makes sense that like before what we knew vin could have known han but then instead what he's talking about is that like the movies that we're about to see is him knowing han you know what i mean yeah Yeah. and i think that is interesting and good in some ways because han is by far the best part of this movie agreed he is really good he's really charismatic uh that does make it a little goofy and silly that this guy who will go on multiple adventures with with the family and is essentially a superhero and is is saving the world is just murked while he is toying around with babies. That is kind of hilarious to me. Now, this being kind of the Black Sheep movie, I guess, um, yeah. has anyone else, like, it seems like there is a lot of consistency once you hit four and five and six with people coming back and recurring yep. plot lines and things like that. Um, kind of. Have they yeah. entirely ignored this movie other than... No, Sean comes back in for six. one scene seven? seven. Okay. seven, seven yeah. I think. They port the end. They port the end of this movie into seven, into six. Well, the beginning of seven, the end of six. Yeah, right. So he shows up and races Vin Diesel. Like, they, do you see that race at the end? No, no, no. It's not even that. Oh. It's the it's it's Han getting hit and killed. That's what's in there. I thought that the scene where like Vin Diesel pulls up to uh, Sean in this one is well, in there, seven. That, that's that's yeah. That's what it is. Where he's talking to Sean about. Han, I think, right? Maybe? Yeah, they, but they show this like first scene where they like make eye contact, and I got nothing yeah. but time type thing, and then they yes. show you the end of this race, and they show you like them just hanging out in the garage. Yeah, but yeah, other than that, none of this comes okay. back in any way. I also find that a little disrespectful to the character of Han because he is a really good oh. character, but then justice for Han, he is killed. Especially, I guess I would I'll be even more angry about this once I see future movies if I ever do. And I get to like the character even more. Oh, you will. But you're friends with us. He is killed off by Jason Statham. Uh, yes. And this time, is justice for the Han. Timeline Keep going. merges. They spend a movie fighting Jason Statham. Okay. Yes. But now, like, he's a good guy, and The Rock, and like, we got a face turn, and him and The Rock <laughs> are a tag team now, and like, they're spinning off, and they're just like, they're just like, fuck it, it's cool now, dude. Do you know about the hashtag Justice for Han? Uh, internet I do not. It's that. It's that. It's precisely that, yeah. So the the way that one of our fans who writes in every week or every month, uh, Wes, wrote it, is that they sort of retconned Jason Statham in there to add him to the series, and not necessarily, like, it wasn't, like, this movie wasn't written as he killed Han. It was just a way to get him involved. And so he's able to sort of compartmentalize, I believe that's his theory, right, Joe? That, like, he's able to sort of, like, separate the fact that, like, it wasn't actually Jason Statham killing it, it was just a way to get him involved 
and because we like Jason Statham and like adding him to the franchise, yeah, you kind of forgive Jason Statham mm. as a person, not the character, for doing it. There's whole articles online about this, like. Why Justice is the family Ron. not pissed off at Jason Statham? How could they ever accept him when they killed such a pivotal part of their friend group? You know, I completely agree. And and this Rock spinoff needs to end after they save the day or whatever. This needs to end with the Rock putting a bullet in the back of his head in cold blood. Well, so in seven, he's the main bad yeah. guy. He, at the end, spoilers, but it doesn't really matter for because I don't People think are they're going to care. Yeah. At the end of Seven, he goes to jail. Yes. He goes like the super, like a super, super high. And super the Rock ends prison. up in that prison, based on my knowledge of the. The Rock ends up in the prison because of a theft gone wrong in Eight. Right. The Shirley's there and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And so they're still enemies, but then they need to. There's a whole family subplot in Eight that I don't really like because it basically pits Dom against the rest of the family, right. which is the worst thing I think the franchise has ever done. But. Yeah. And what Joe Joe agrees, and we just talked about that yeah. on Watch the Throne too. Which actually, oh, by the way, uh, if you're listening to this, go check out our Watch the Throne episode of The Fate of the Furious. So, like, which is the Charlize perspective of the eighth movie. Yeah, and I think it was actually a really cool, interesting conversation. Like, I was worried about what it was going to be. Like, I really had a good time with that conversation. Michael beyond all of Lab Three, but anyway, Dom is sort of against the family, but Jason Statham does something in eight that earns him back in their good graces, kind of. It is a little bit of a quick turnaround from killing Han to suddenly being part of the family, but he's still... I feel like he's still at arm's reach. Like, he's not, like, buddy-buddy yet. I mean, he is, at the end of 8, I think, at the barbecue, which is yeah. sort of weird, but, like, he's still, like, they're not they're not cool. It's like he did a, a solid for them. When they needed him to, yeah. But he still also killed their friend. Yeah. yeah. I don't like it. Hashtag justice for Han. I'm in. Exactly, I'm justice for Han. You're, you're in a good it. camp, yeah. Right after this. So that, I mean, that was that's that's the big problem people have with this movie after the fact. The big problem, I mean, people have problems with this movie, you know, in all sorts of different ways, but, you know, after the fact, as it relates to later movies. I had a question. So yep. if we know that this came out in 05, Twinkie's car is like the Hulk. the Hulk. What year did the Hulk movie come out, and were those themed together? Oh, the first one was, uh, 03, I think it was 03, 08. Yeah, I definitely saw the Eric Bana one also on one of those Fridays in high school, so... Yeah, the uh, Edward Norton one was 08. Hulk 03 was Eric Bana. Okay, so it must have been... So that's not the MCU one. That's just the yeah. standalone one. I was wondering if, like, you know, it came out, like, right around the MCU one. But it was a little bit before, it was before that. that. Yeah. yeah. But I also think, like, Hulk has been, like, you know, before Marvel became what Marvel is, and Hulk now everybody loves thing. Cap and Tony, Hulk was the guy. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Sure. So, you know, if you're, if you're a comic book nerd and you want to have, and you're also a car nerd, you know, I can see that actually absolutely being your car. Yeah, yeah. I was just wondering if, if it played off the movie in any way. Chris, I don't know if you're going to be able to answer these questions. We have some questions that we're asking every guest. We're sort of okay. tallying these. Um, they're, they're a lightning round. They're either or questions. Are you sure. ready for these? I'm on board. Yeah, let's do it. Are you a Brian or are you a Dom? Are you a Paul Walker or uh, Vin Diesel? Oh, in, um, okay. I'm just a... in the franchise as a gen- in general. I'm a Paul Walker in the streets, Vin Diesel in the sheets. Ooh. Are, are you a Letty? Are you a Michelle Rodriguez? Or are you a Mia? A Jordana Brewster. Are you a Letty or are you a Mia? Oh, boy. See, this this, this is a very manly movie. This is a... This is a... A, a tough movie. This is a this is a movie for for dudes, and I'm I'm like a, a beta soy boy cuck, um, which is why I didn't <laughs> okay. like it. So I think Michelle Rodriguez would like uh, would kick the shit out of me and then spit on me. Um, so I think that I have to be a Jordana Brewster. You and Mia. Yeah. yeah, 
All but right. I would like it when she kicked the shit out of me and spit on me. Like, that would be really <laughs> hot because I'm a cock and, like, a, a beta sub. Are you a Roman or are you a Tej? Are you a Tyrese or are you a Ludacris? Both rappers, both, you know, now and again. Ludacris has been on now and again, oh, yeah. right? Was Ty- Tyrese never was, though, was he? No. Poor Bow Wow. He's just the rapper who, who wasn't invited back. Poor guy. Ja Rule. Oh, we all, like, me, Joe, and Mike Manzi all want Bow Wow back. Hashtag bring I back I do Ricky. not want that. We have a whole theory on how we're going to put him back in the movies, too, so. Uh, I, I want Zachary Ty Bryan back. Uh, bring back Home Improvement. <laughs> I like that Zachary Ty Bryan in this movie cries. Bring back all of the Home Improvement cast. Uh, Jonathan Taylor He's Thomas. What? Tim Allen. Yeah. Just, he'd be in the garage har, 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 yeah. just like working on it just take a year off and then you know bring him back on a different network Tim Allen exactly. would be like um, like a horrible like racist deep state guy who sells out the entire gang uh, to white supremacists or something like that oh um, alright what, what was the question oh uh are you a Roman <laughs> or are you a Tej uh, I'm a Ludacris just because I, I like Ludacris' music more okay alright okay. so now I don't know if you're gonna be able to answer this one because this is a later movie question are you a Deckard or are you an Owen are you a Deckard who's just like a pure evil villain who's a villain a bad guy in six or are you his brother Owen Shaw Jason Statham who, you know, kills a family member in this movie, but then becomes welcomed into the family down the line. Mm. Deckard or Owen? Well, as a white guy, I feel like I could do terrible things and then get away with it um, pretty much without suffering any consequences. So I guess I'm Jason Statham. All right, that's fair. Definitely fair. American muscle or imports? What type of car? American muscle or imports? Oh, um... That's, that's a real big divide. Yeah. Tuners, tuners or, or American muscle? Because even at right. the end of this movie, you know... That's the race. Vin says he wanted off his friend Han, and Sean says, I didn't know he was into American Muscle. He says he was when he was rolling with me, which, if you're ever going to like American Muscle, it's when you're with Dominic Toretto. Right. So I feel like the cars that get that they drift a lot in this movie, yeah. they look like toys. They look like they're made from very light plastic, and uh, they're very stupid. They look like the Hot Wheels toys that I got Joe for his birthday. They absolutely yes, they do. do look like toys. At the same time, I think muscle cars are really doofy and probably for people with very small penises. So obviously the muscle cars. <laughs> Are you a Corona or a Belgian ale kind of man? Oh, wow. You guys should answer that for me based on the fact that I am currently uh, drinking. Oh, I didn't didn't know this. Interesting. It is an alternate uh, art can of Pabst Blue Ribbon, a tall boy with Japanese kanji as the uh, as the logo. Oh. Very fitting. So I don't know. What am I, a Corona or a, a Belgian ale? That sounds kind of hipster. I think I'm, I would go Belgian ale for that, oh, okay. even if it's a Pabst. I mean, I prefer to drink a Corona IRL, but in in the universe, I don't I don't know. I'm very excited to drink a lot of Coronas at uh, at Camp Cage Club. So yeah. Now, Joe, I want to I want to add a question based on this movie. What's an either or question we could ask from Tokyo Drift? Ooh, either or question from Tokyo Drift. Are you the up-and-coming street racer or the guy that just built the baddest street racing cars ever? Oh. Wait, who are you comparing that? What do you mean? Just like Han. Just like the opposite sides of Han. Like, are you, like, the racer or are you, like, the mechanic designer? Because we can play that on a bunch of different movies. Oh, I want to be... Because Jesse's kind of the designer in the first one versus, like, the racers. Like, he races, but he's not really, like... So are you a racer or you support? No, or the, like, or the mechanic or designer. The super... I like Han's, like, entrepreneurial go-getter attitude, uh, which, again, is is really weird as a postscript to his saving the world. But I, I do really like Han. I think, I think of all the things that this movie gave to the franchise, which is seemingly very little in the long run, 
I, I do really like Han's character overall, uh, and I, I liked the fact that he just kind of wasn't all he was. He never was in a race race. He was just in the in the uh, yeah exactly he was in the shootout chase. Uh, and I, I like that would be me because I don't really give a shit about cars. But uh, so you're a designer. Yeah. You're kind of behind the scenes sure. guy. Okay. I would yeah. rather. I think I, if I had like a Gran Turismo game or something like that, I would spend more time designing the car than racing it. That's really? Right. I don't know. I've never cool. played one of those games. I get it. No, that's fun. I love Gran Turismo. It's like. Cool. Yeah. Well, it was a successful round, I think. I think that's all. Yeah, there's no other questions. So, uh, we so did have another thing. question. The question, yeah, okay, you know what you're getting to? Yeah, so, so Joe had a new question today that is something that we do a little bit on Boyfriend Material. When you were on for Only God Forgives, we did the most and least Boyfriend Material moments. Joe, hit us with the one question. We're not going to do the full thing. We're just going to do the one, the one half yeah. of it today. What's your new question here for all three of us we're going to answer? So this is this is the building the family lap. Mm-hmm. I yep. wanted to see what you think is the most family scene in the movie oh, or moment That's or easy. whatever yeah it's it's when what? the alcoholic army dad saves him by pointing a gun at the yakuza guy it's a very that's a very strong family moment. You know, I'm going to take sort of the not the opposite end of that, but the opposite end of Sean's dad. My pick was when Sean's dad kicks him out and Han gives him a place to oh, crash in his garage. Oh, that's a very good family moment too. It is. I I think for me the most family moment was when all of them are lounged up on the side of the mountain trying to watch Sean try to drift, and they're all okay. just like saying they're in just the like training su- montage in the Rocky training montage. Yeah, because they're supporting him. The crew's all there together. You know, they're there for him. That's like a very familial moment to me. I'll also, cool. that you're just like you're with your squad. I'll also Go say ahead. the scene at the beginning of the movie where they're in the police station and the cop says, uh, "You know, these these rich kids, they they come from rich families, and they're not going to do any time. They're not going to be in any trouble." And I was like, "You're right." Tim the Toolman Taylor would bail his son out of any trouble. <laughs> so that is family. I don't think. I don't. I don't think so. Very, very family. I like that now that you just put Tim the Toolman Taylor in these movies for me because I just opened my brain up to a whole bunch of weirdness oh, yeah. that I never thought about before. Totally the same Thank universe. You. These are Binford parts in in all of these cars. <laughs> I really want Sean's dad now to be Tim Allen, so he could have been like in Japan, like just like wrenching the Mustang and stuff like that. More power, you know. Just like, yeah. Oh, so many where, possibilities. Where can the guy get a good piece of red meat around here? Oh, 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 oh. Republic. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Heidi and Heidi like starts the race yeah, or something. And, uh, Al Borland works in uh, in Han's shop. I want Al Borland to be the the guy that runs the onsen because that seems like something that Al would do. Where like he just has like a towel. He's like, no, Tim, you have to put the towel on. Tim's like, I'm a man. <laughs> and like, oh yeah. yeah, and they have like arguments in the onsen. He definitely hooks fun. up. Okay, so here's here's what happens. We never go back to America, but here's what actually happens to that character. Okay. Um, that kid is very upset that he lost the race. And was embarrassed in front of his uh, his fellow thirty year old high school friends, and okay. so he says, "Dad, I need more power in my car." Tim hooks up the NOS, the nitrous, to his car, and as soon as he kicks it in, it explodes, and he accidentally murders most of his family. <laughs> that that is that's canon. And then he has a long talk with the guy who lives behind the fence about it, and everything's okay in the end. Yeah, what's his, what was his name? Wilson? Shit. Mr. Wilson? Wilson? I don't think yeah. I've ever seen a full episode to. of the show. I know. That's why you're not laughing at how funny our jokes are. That's actually the only reason why every joke I make is not laughed at hysterically, because no one knows uh, the reference or home. <laughs> Too movie. niche. I actually have a question um, <laughs> that I forgot to ask, uh, because this, this actor, whose name I don't even remember, 
uh, the lead in <laughs> Zachary Ty Bryan. Uh, he is awful. Sean. Lucas Black. Yes. Okay. Lucas Black is terrible. Is that. Wait, you don't like you Bama guys... underscore boy? Oh, boy. Have you seen him in anything else? That's a good question. Fast and Furious 7. Sure. <laughs> I'm curious because it seems like his accent is in and out about how, how thick he's gumping. So I'm very curious. Well, he's born in Alabama. Okay. So I, I was curious to know in real life if he was like turning it up, turning it down, because he's definitely going in and out. And I was, I was wondering if he was cranking it down or cranking it up. I think he, yeah, I think he probably is unconsciously trying to tone it down, and it actually is pretty bad, mm. is what yeah. I'm guessing. So let's see here. He's not been in a ton of things, surprise, surprise. He was in Sling Blade, which makes perfect sense. His first movie is called The War from 1994. I don't know what this is, but he was in The War. He was in Sling Blade, a bunch of episodes of American Gothic. He was in the X-Files movie oh. as a character named Stevie. He I don't was know in who 42. That was. That's pretty cool. He was probably a real racist. Oh, he was Pee Wee Reese. Oh, he was, a, he was a buddy. I was going to say he was a real piece of shit in that one, but he's not. He was in the Friday Night Lights movie. He was in Jarhead. Um, he was in Legion, that Paul Bettany Angel movie. For some reason, have seen that movie, but I, I don't remember him at all. Oh, he's been in 95 episodes of NCIS New Orleans. So Jesus, okay. He's like a main He's doing all right there. for himself. That's, I mean, you oh, know. okay. He, he reminds me a lot of, and I think this person um, showed up in a Fast and the Furious movie, a podcast I like that is not on the network, so they will not be mentioned by name unless they pay us. They refer to, uh, they're referring to Scott, Scott Eastwood? Yeah. He's, he shows up in one of those later movies? He shows up in eight. He's little nobody. He's uh, Kurt Russell's buddy. Yeah. He's Kurt Russell's sidekick. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't remember what movie they were talking about, but he was in it. And they mentioned that he showed up in the Fast and the Furious movies. And they were just like, there's so many personalities in the Fast and the Furious movie that, like, how could you possibly fucking remember Scott Eastwood? He, he, he might play a car for all we know. <laughs> and, like, I feel that way about him, too. Like, I could not tell you a single thing that uh, th- this lead actor... He's just, he shouldn't be a lead. He's a TV actor. I think that's fine. I think he could be a TV actor. He could do 95 episodes of a show that does the same thing every week. That that feels exactly like his wheelhouse, but he is not a leading man. Is he not a leading man only because Han steals the show so much in this one? Um, no. No. <laughs> no. You think he's just like, not cut out for he's it? He's not. He's not good. Do you think it's the accent or do you think it's his ability? Oh, it's ability. He's terrible. He's He can't emote for shit. Like, even the scenes where... The scene where he's running down the girl... Like, it just, it sounds like he's reading off of a script. There's no genuine emotion in this guy anywhere. The only time that I get sad at Lucas Black is when he, like, when they wrote lines for him that he clearly doesn't want to deliver. Is that Donkey Kong? Like, those ones, <laughs> those ones really get me. I'm like, oh, God, like, how many takes it? He was like, do I really have to fucking say this? And they're like, yeah, and he's like, okay, cool. And just, like, does it once, and they're like, I guess that'll work. My follow-up question here is, and I, I guess we kind of covered this to go deeper. Did Vin Diesel? I guess Vin Diesel maybe didn't care because he was he did a cameo. But did Vin Diesel and Paul Walker like not want to do a three, and that's why they went in another direction, or they were just like, no, no, we're gonna try to tell different car stories. Like it was. So I think Vin yeah. Diesel jumped out of two because he wanted to do Riddick, Pitch right? Black. He wanted to do Riddick. He wanted to do like one of because that, that's like that's his yes. franchise. I mean, even though he's in these movies, he's in two Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Like his movies are the Riddick movies, 
And so it was time for him to do a Riddick movie. I also think that nobody, I mean, we don't know for sure, but I don't think anybody had any idea no. what this movie was going to become. No, no, no. It was just like a They definitely don't, especially movie. not at the time. Yeah, it was just like a cop movie with car chases initially. A remake of sorts, a soft remake of Point Break, essentially. Yeah, I think that's sort of the, the easiest way to describe it. But I think that 3 was them being like, okay, can we carry this out? And can we just make car movies with different characters, call them Fast and the Furious, and people are going to show up for them. Right. Is it just, is it the genre and like there's enough people who chug energy drinks and love (laughs) and put spoilers on their Hondas that will come see this? uh, Or do we need these characters? And I guess they they needed the family before it was a family. When does the family stuff start? Is that in four? That's a good question. I mean, family's always been important from the the beginning, from the very, very beginning. But I think that like what we think of as the family pretty much begins in four. So there was a really great thing that I'm going to have you check out, Chris, called the Stats of the Furious, which was on Bloomberg. Oh. And they did like a, a count of like member mentions of family and hugs. I feel like five is really when it ramps into overdrive because four, they all like, so at the end of four, Vin Diesel gets arrested. And then five is a reunion, like where he gets to meet up with Brian again. And he gets to meet up with Mia again. And they're all hugging, and it's all like this sort of like, you know, glorious reunion across the board. Is Paul Walker in four? Yeah, he's in oh, everyone yes. but eight from here on out. Okay. Yeah, he's in he's in one, two, four, five, six, seven. But yeah, I think I think family really like family's always been important, like, you know, family barbecues and being true to your family and, you know, treating the people around you well. But I think really in five, I think, is really when it like really becomes the the meme of sorts. Oh, wow. He lets him go at the end of the first Fast and the Furious, too. It really is point break. Holy shit. It really is point break. Oh, wow. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. I learned something from this show. We're here, to, we're here to teach. So while watching this movie this time, I had a vision of how I want the last, if there has to be a last fast. The fastest? Okay. I have a, I have a vision of what I want it to look like. Okay. I want a screen... Like Vin Diesel riding off into the sunset. Yeah. I want the screen to fade to black and white. Okay. And then in lowercase letters in italics, just like the old French fin, F-I-N period, just V-I-N period. Vin? Okay. That's it. I like it. That's really good. I want like Vin and Letty to be laying on the hood of a charger and like... And them holding... Looking up at the sun? Or, like, looking up at the stars? Yeah, or, like, dusk. Maybe, like, sunset. And, like, okay. Brian to be in between them. And maybe they have, like, a new child that they conceive together. And, like, that's what I want it to be. And the stars become an image of Paul Walker. And then the Smiling. I love that. It would be great. Oh, oh, wait. No, here, Joe. Okay. That is how the, the next last, the penultimate movie ends. Because then we look up and there's like a star twinkling in Brian's eye. That's an outer space. They have to get there the next movie. They have to get there. And it turns out that Brian has an outer space alien baby that they have to They rescue. need to do a mm-hmm. moment uh, where Vin Diesel thinks that he he can't go on. Like the family's going to fall apart. And the clouds turn into Paul Walker. And we get a Simba remember who you are moment. <laughs> oh, I like that too. Yeah. I definitely like that. Yeah, these are all cool. good. Damn. I had just a couple more thoughts. Sure. I want to know what this wacky Japanese dominoes game they're playing in it is. Mahjong? I don't know. I, I really don't know, and I tried to look it up, and I tried to Google it, and I can't find it. So if anybody's listening... I don't listening, think Mahjong's Japanese. Yeah. I think Chinese, right? But I, exactly. I feel like it might be Mahjong. I don't know. I don't know either. So if anybody's listening that does know, please, family at cageclub.me, let me know what the fuck this game is. 
I'm sure Wes knows. Maybe. I think he does. He probably does. Did anybody realize how many times DK's um, henchman, the blonde guy, spits in this movie? I saw him spit at least once or twice. Does he spit a lot? It's, it's multiple times. Okay. He like, spits something in like Sean's face. He spits in his own hand. There's lots of spitting coming from him. And I, I, was, I was interested by that this, this time around. I have a little observation. Can I share one with you? Go ahead. When... Sean gets to Japan. Yes. The number one rule, like basically the only rule, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of rules, but it's basically, you know, like, don't go near a car. Like, whatever yes. you do, don't go, don't go near a car. His dad's basically like, go to school to come back here. You're not supposed to have fun in Japan. Yeah. What I thought was really, really funny is that, like, halfway through the movie, Sean comes back to his dad's house. And in the same way that, like, in an after school special, a dad in America would ask, You've been drinking? Uh, his dad asks, You've been racing? <laughs> like, with that same deadpan seriousness, yeah. like, I, like, you know, you my, smell my like boy's in trouble now. Motor oil. You got pink slips hanging out of racing. your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I had the same thought. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's it's, awesome. It's kind of great. Oh, another thing that I really, really loved Sonny Chiba's speech. For one of a nail, the horseshoe was yeah. lost. For one of a horseshoe, the steed was lost. Yeah. For one of a steed, the message was not delivered. For want of an undelivered message, the war was lost. Don't let Han steal money, otherwise effect. Yeah. everything's going to go wrong. The last little thing that I noticed this time around, I have to ask you guys, because I haven't thought about this in forever. One of the cars in Han's garage, when we first we go through the nightclub scene, right? By the way, Han's garage has two nightclubs in it. <laughs> It's a it's a it's a cool place to party. It's the first time that my brain ever noticed that you like they're like oh yeah they par- it's his garage they park in the back they walk. Well, I'm, really, a- I'm really looking forward to recording the lap three tune up in Han's garage. Yeah, same. And so you walk through a bar, then you go through like you know storage, paper towels, and stuff. You go to a full nightclub with just models, then you walk through the other door and you're in his garage. Yeah. They lead you through it, but I never connected that that's what that is. Okay, the last thing, though. We open the door. We pan into Han's garage. We yeah. see a car. And yeah. one of the cars, like, right in the fridge bin, the passenger side on the windshield is a giant G4 sticker. Like, G4, like the TV station. Oh, really? The, does it still exist? No, that got bought out. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, like, G4 Video Game Network had like yeah. a giant sticker on one of the cars in there and i was like oh that's pretty cool uh, sounds like a future sponsor to me if they still if, if they're able to scrap together some money you know and, and maybe if somebody just has some of these network. stickers in a storage locker somewhere they can send us some paid a, a, a young olivia bunn's salary for a year <laughs> Ooh, chris do you have any other notes about this because there's a couple other things we're going to do including a very fun game but at least what we think is very fun we'll see how you think about it uh you have any notes about uh fast and furious tokyo drift before we move um... on no, I you know I expected this movie to give me a little bit of Lost in Translation esque nostalgia for the couple of weeks that I spent in Japan in in uh, in two thousand and nine uh, because it's it's such a unique interesting place. There's really nowhere like it in the world. And though the film does, I was probably there around the exact same time. That's really oh, funny. Wait, yeah, do you do you know Joe's story of why he went to Japan? Uh, no, I don't. I will tell it again. You can you can tell it in a single sentence. I got Dude. pretty blackout drunk watching this movie, and I wound up in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> that pretty much sums up what happened. You just you just woke up in Japan. No, 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 no. no, no, oh, no. Okay. I woke up, applied to go to Japan. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. yeah. Congratulations. I was like, this movie's dope. I want to go there, and that's what I did. Pretty cool. I mean, I think this you know the movie uses the streets of Tokyo very well, but it, it does a little too much with like, oh, this is like the underbelly of Tokyo, like, um, and they don't yeah. really explore like 
Tokyo itself is like, you know, not to be cliche, but like Tokyo is a city that could be a character in this movie, especially a movie called Tokyo Drift. Uh, and it just doesn't like they use like the very cliched overhead shot of Shibuya Station, and that's like pretty yeah. much it. Shibuya Crossing. Yeah, there's lots of bat- they're all pretty much up and down the one street on Shibuya Crossing. Yeah. Like all of the like shots of it are just like them up and down there. That was right where I stayed, so like I did have a little bit of nostalgia oh, really? for that. But like yeah, like Lost in Translation. Like if I watch the movie, I'm just like I'm just like wistful for that time again. But like this didn't do that to me, so I was I was a little disappointed. So I was kind of did you go to that. the Hyatt while you were there? Did you drink at the Hyatt? I don't think so. No. Is that where Bill Murray drinks? Yeah, that's where he, that's where Bill Murray and um, Scarlett like. Oh drink. No. The hotel that I was in had a bar at the top that overlooked Shibuya Station. Oh, that's cool. So, but I don't think it was that one. No, I don't think I was. No, no, the, okay. that one's in um, Ginza or something. Oh, okay. My big regret yeah. was that I didn't go to Rapongi while I was there, and that was, like, the perfect age yeah. to be at Rapongi. Like, I, I don't think I would go now and, like, not feel embarrassed a little bit. No, no, you'd be fine. It's just, like, almost touristy. Yeah. Well, I, like, in a way. At 22, yeah, 22, like, that's where I, I should have spent some time there, and I spent no time there. Uh, but anyway, yeah, before this turns into... Yeah, or something. Before, yeah, that's true. I would have been uh, a lot more Enter the Void and a lot less um, <laughs> Tokyo Drift. <laughs> We spent a lot of time there in like um, the Hyatt. Actually, that bar kind of almost looks into Rapongi. I wanna, I wanna get back there. Maybe I'll fall Same. into the underground racing scene, and I'm, I'm the perfect age to get into high school and meet a seventeen-year-old. So we can do that. Could you think you could fit in high school? Like not even just like this movie, but like just high school in general, or no? Those guys couldn't, but apparently they could. So fuck it, why not? Sure. Yeah. Cool. You know, I can have my own never been kissed moment. All right, Chris, we're going to play a game we played last month with Brian. It's a online quiz from Zimbio.com. Oh, Which like Fast and Furious character are you? Okay, if I don't get Han, it's easy. It's bullshit. It's easy. Okay, let's do it. So, right now, so far, I got Brian, Joe got Mia. Brian last month got Roman. Yeah. So again, we're trying to find out if we're going to expand the family, if we're going to have our first double, first duplicate. Oh. We don't know how many characters there are. We don't know how many answers there are. Yeah, we've we've never played those like out to the full. We just played ourselves. So okay, if I if I get Lucas Black, I'm never coming on a Cage Club show again. I don't think that he's going to be a Throwing character. Myself I don't think he'll be a character off of this building. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> first things first. How fast do you want to go? NASCAR, roller coaster, or Vespa? Oh, uh, roller coaster. Okay. Okay. How furious are you, Hulk? Sam Kinison or Furious Styles? Uh, what is Furious Styles? Is that a person? I think it's a meme. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go Furious Styles. Okay. Who would you risk your life for? Family, friends, anyone, no one. No one. Choose a one-liner. There's six different quotes. Oh. Okay. Why don't you just pack it up before I leave tread marks on your face? <laughs> Is that a line? <laughs> yeah, it's a line. Oh, boy. I'm a boy who appreciates a good body regardless of the Ooh, make. Definitely. When are you going to give Martin Luther King his car back? <laughs> He's like gravity. Everything just gets pulled to him. Christ, these lines. There's never nothing. There's always something. Ride or die. What was the second one? I'm a boy who appreciates a good body regardless of the make. Yes, that one. Someone you have a crush on is standing over there. What will you do? <laughs> nothing. Let them come to me. Go over there. Stand here and stare at them. I'm out of here. Stand here and stare at them. Okay. Okay. Choose your ride. Now, here's there's the picture component. So I'm going to put this in the chat so oh, you can okay. take a look at this. Sure. 2010 Alfa Romeo Giuletta, 2009 mm-hmm. Dodge Challenger SRT8, Plymouth Roadrunner, Gurkha LAPV, or the 2010 Koenigsegg CCXR? Boy, uh, the Roadrunner looks like the car from Evil Dead. The Gurkha looks like 
that's definitely a tiny dick car. I think that's the car that the rock drives. Yes, yes it is. Six. Right, I'm gonna. He's gonna kick down my door and rock bottom me. I'm gonna go with the. He's gonna break that off in the candy ass. I'm gonna go with the Koenigsegg because it looks like one of the really fast cars from uh, like Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Sure, oh, that also is like yeah. the, the the tiniest dick car of all five of them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even have to ask this next question just knowing, Chris, what it's going to be. Which of these opposites do you tend towards, positive or negative? Oh, come on. I mean, yeah, just, just click negative. You didn't even have to ask that one. How do you feel about lying? I'm a big <laughs> liar. I lie sometimes, no big deal. If I do lie, I feel bad about it forever. Call me Honest Ape. Uh, Four different choices. I, I lie sometimes. No big yeah, deal. No big deal. How do you say goodbye to someone you love? <laughs> Remember them every day? Turn your back and walk away? Pour your 40 out? Or... You don't. Ooh, I don't. Okay, another sort of picture component-ish. Choose an action hero. Choose an action hero, okay. So I'm going to put this in here. There's six choices. Jean-Claude Van Damme. John Kimball, John Matrix, James Carter, Nikita, John Rambo, Hercules. Oh, and it's Rock Hercules, too. That's because, like, a bunch of these are... uh, Fast-themed, yeah. Who's John Kimball? John Kimball is from Kindergarten Cop. Oh, Christ. But that picture is not from Kindergarten Cop. No, it's not. That looks like it's from Last Action Hero or something like that. Uh, I gotta go with John Matrix. He had the best one-liners, the best puns. Down. Commando's great. I said I would kill you last. I lied. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite article of clothing? Favorite article of clothing. My dark jeans, my favorite wife beater, my (laughs) too tight t-shirt, my old sneakers, my leather jacket. Oh, man. What was the first one? My dark jeans. Was there there was a t-shirt question there? Jeans, wife beater, yeah. tight, t-shirt, tight t-shirt, old sneakers, leather jacket. Tight t-shirt? Uh, let's go with dark jeans. Okay. Okay. It's our anniversary. What are we doing? Mm, Candlelit dinner for two somewhere dark? Let's just go somewhere dark. Let's drive. <laughs> uh, These questions are great because I honestly don't know how this impacts the selection. You know no, I have no idea. Some of them are very obvious, like, oh, yeah. if you pick that one, you're Vin or you're yeah. Dom. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like this one, I've I straight up have no idea where the uh, where the calculus comes in here. Let's go somewhere dark. Okay. Last question. Oh, one more. I'm so excited. Picture based. If you were to have your photo taken, what <laughs> would the background be? Mm. Desert, blue sky, garage. City lights, an explosion. City lights. Okay. Do either of you have a guess who Chris got? I couldn't possibly begin to imagine. No, I have no idea. It's a new character. Hell yeah. It is? Is it Dom? It's Dom. Yes, I was right. Again, You are Dominic Toretto, a born leader with certain faith and a moral code that puts family and friends above all. Okay. You walk (laughs) around with huge confidence. Okay. You can be curt, but you're a lover and a fighter. True. That's fair. That's true. Life in the fast lane is a philosophy, not an empty saying for you. Plus, you drive like the wind blows. Yeah, I'm Dominic Toretto. I live my life <laughs> one quarter mile at a time. There you go. So we have so far four people doing this. Dom, Roman, Brian, and Mia. I feel like there's got to be a Letty. There has got to be uh, a Tej, probably. I think picking Nikita firmly influences if you're like a girl or not. I, but I don't know when they stopped. I know that this one was, this quiz was made when there was like seven, like at seven or something. I don't remember there's when it was. There's gotta yeah. be the rock. The fact they have Hercules and the SUV means like there's definitely True, the there's gotta be a Hobbs. This this quiz came out, is there a date I on I can't this? imagine I what I picked that put me into Vin Diesel, but 
right. It was, it was like some of the quote ones. John Matrix. That's yeah. why I got it. That's how I got it. We have one more game on the show here. Well, it's our game. favorite game on the show. This ain't no 10 second race, a.k.a. Boy, do we, we have, have a, a podcast, podcast for, you. for you. So now, Chris, I don't know if you've noticed, but Joe and I have a saying, a thing that we do, that whenever someone we see posts about, say, a Zac Efron movie or something, Joe will comment, boy, do we have a podcast for you. Link in the Zach attack. Mm-hmm. So what we've started doing is each episode of this show, because this is the only show that we're really going to go on forever, Joe and I are finding, and our guests are finding a tweet on Twitter about whatever you want it to be about, but presumably Fast and the Furious or the actors or the movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we are trying to find out, or we're trying to get them to either like it, retweet it, reply to it, or send an email. There's a scoring system. A like is worth one. A retweet is two. A reply is five. A email to us is ten. So far, through ten episodes, through nine episodes, through nine times we've done this, Joe has two points. Everybody else is zero. Okay. Okay. So let us first review last month's selections. Oh God, I got mine. I have to go I'm first. I'm hundred percent sure I understand this game. You just find any tweet. Any tweet you want. Usually, it somehow references. Fast Furious, or a character, or an actor, or something. I got you. Basically, someone you think would be interested in learning about our podcast. Okay. And the goal is just to get somebody who's going to reply to you. Slash real Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. But the goal is to get somebody to reply to you. Yeah. I think if it's about Vin Diesel, he might reply to me. He just met with Prime Minister Abe. He's like, he probably they probably showed him Tokyo Drift to prepare for the meeting. <laughs> I like what your I like what your agent Han did in Tokyo Drift. <laughs> so last month, Bunky Perkins at Bunky Perkins said the crooked cop from Too Fast Too Furious is sitting at the table next to me at lunch, and I can hardly contain my excitement. Joe said, "Boy, do we have a podcast for you." Now here's good news and bad news, Joe. The good news is that somebody liked it. The bad news is that it's our new fan Brian Spillner uh, does not count because Fuck. I also went to Danny underscore underscore Hendricks, Danny the most hated said, I ain't going back to Barstow, Roman, <laughs> Pierce, Tyrese. Boy, do a podcast for you. Also one like, also from Brian Spillner. So thank you, Brian, truly for the support, because I do feel like Twitter notifies you. Like If we reply and someone likes that reply, they'll get a, a notification like, someone liked the tweet you were mentioned in. So like they do see that. So genuinely, thank you. But yeah. we don't get any points for that. Just the same way that when Mike Manzi liked it, we're in on the game. It doesn't count. Mm. Yeah. New A new little wrinkle, Joe. Brian Rodriguez last month tweeted, so twice, Chris, this is remarkable to me still. <laughs> Joe is tweeting an account that got suspended in the month that we've done. Nice. It's like twice he's just tweeted somebody and they're like, this account no longer exists. And it's not like we've been blocked. It's just been suspended. New wrinkle here. Brian tweeted at someone who has now made their account private so we can't see the status. <laughs> <laughs> So it's not quite suspended, but I don't know. Like, it's not like they blocked us. They just went from being a public Twitter to a private Twitter in the last month. Uh, Oh, in perfect timing. Brian Earl Spillner, our new fan on Twitter. When I was watching the movie, I tweeted, it's not the ride, it's the rider. And I tweeted a gif or gif Gif. of Sean and Zachary Ty Bryant's girlfriend in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And Brian Earl Spillner just liked it three minutes ago and said two minutes ago, boy, do you have a podcast for me? Mm. So, I'm gonna <laughs> he knows. This. It's we like he's are listening. playing this game literally right now. Okay. There we go. I got my okay. tweet. Okay. Can I go? So, Joe, put your tweet in the chat. What is your tweet? 
Who's it at? What does it say? Okay. My tweet's from uh, two-star Yelp review at X Mango Juice. It says, get two jars of rice. Put one jar in front of a TV playing Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift and use the other... <laughs> the... Uh, the... <laughs> use the other car to fucking come in. Approximately 30 days later, one jar of rice will be covered in cum and the other still won't know how to drive because it's fucking rice. I don't get it. I don't get it either, but I read but it I and I was like, it. that's it. Boy, do we have a podcast for them. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Hashtag, uh, that means slash 2 fast 2 forever Hashtag 2 fast 2 forever Hashtag 2F2F. Hashtag fast and furious. Yeah, they go from jar to car to spell. I, I think jar was a typo. I don't know. No, this is about that tweet that... Uh, well, you guys know what this tweet is, is referencing, right? No. no. Some asshole on the internet which does not narrow down anything, said that they believe that they, they have proven that rice has energy because they put two things of rice in a jar and separated them into different rooms. And he would yell at one of the jars of rice and then say good things to the other jar of rice. Okay, like oh, the plant The one that he thing, yelled at yeah. spoiled faster. Yeah, you can do this with plants, though. They do it all yeah, the time. Well, this, this was a thing. Interesting. Interesting. I believe. Okay, Chris, do you have a tweet yet or do you want me to so I need go to first? Create a tweet and then at somebody in it. No, 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 you don't do any of it. You just find the tweet and send us the link to the tweet. And then tweet. you're going to reply to it. We all send it from Cage Club Pod so that it's it's fair. Okay. We're keeping track of this. All right, here's, my, here's the one I found, okay? Good, you go. It's from at X, Mr. Big X, RC Saldana. It's a reply a to Mikey2030. Mikey said, I have my third speech tomorrow, LMAO. I have to inform the audience about Tokyo. Wish me luck, my homies. And RG Saldana said, put on Tokyo Drift, then say you're welcome. Boy, do we have, we a, have podcast a podcast for you. For you. Yeah. It's the best way to teach anybody about Tokyo. So now, Chris, you need to find any existing tweet on Twitter. Yeah. We send it off from the Cage Club to make it even, to keep it keep it safe, to keep it right. fair. So you can't use, like, your popularity. Of course. Of course. Chris's Twitter account of just retweeting stuff that he likes and making public figures feel dumb about yeah. themselves. Chris found a tweet at real Donald Trump. I told you. Going to New York will be with Prime Minister Abe of Japan tonight, talking military and trade. We have done much to help <laughs> Japan and would like to see more of a reciprocal relationship. It will all work out. Boy, do we have a, pre- a, a president for you. <laughs> Han? Are you putting Han as president now? That's that's what we t- <laughs> That's what we should just uh, tweet. By so- the way, Chris, we don't know how this works out. You might get disspammed by... By yeah. Russian Twitter bots, yeah, and moves. you might take a fucking huge lead in this game. We have no idea. We we can't figure it out. We can't crack it. We also don't really, really, truly have rules because the idea was the person we're tweeting at, they're the one we're going after. Yeah. But Joe got two points because the person that he tweeted at, that person liked it, and another person because it was a tweet that was like tagged like eight people or whatever, and that second person also like another person liked it. I don't really know the rules because like in theory. Donald Trump's tweets are the most seen tweets in the world, probably. But, like, your response, what the fuck does this mean? You know what I mean? Like, and this wasn't even, like, a recent one, right? I would say, first off, boy, do we have a president for you is hilarious. I was a uh, slip of the tongue, but also I love it. And I would say there's at least a 20% chance that Donald Trump Jr. retweets this poster about to me. <laughs> if he does, I'll be so happy. If you crack it, and I mean, like, we get, like, 10,000 retweets on one. Would you, Joe, would you be, I'm not to alienate any of our fans, but would you... Want to continue doing the podcast if we suddenly had a base that was 99% uh, alt-right? 
Like, we, suddenly we're broadcasting to 100,000 people. They would listen people. to, like, 35 seconds of one of our episodes and be like, these two cucks, they, and just, like, leave. No, but, like, you think, like, so say in a weird world, Don or Don Jr. is like, this is the best podcast. <laughs> like, gather yeah, a couple cucks, but, like, you're going you're gonna to like it, whatever. And so like, suddenly we have, like, 100,000 fans, but 99,000 of them are alt-right and then there's also Wes. Like, it's, it's all them, and there's Wes, and there's Brian, and there's Mike Manzi, and there's Downton Tom. Like, there's the four of them, and then there's all people who, like, basically were at Charlottesville. You know what I mean? <laughs> Would we continue? Why not? I would start slinging uh, fucking focus pills, like, uh, what's his name? Alex Jones Brain Plus. Like, pills. Alex Jones, yeah, Brain Plus. No, we'd have, like, faster and furiouser brain power pills, and we'd start slinging those. I think what you're describing with, like, everybody who, like, consumes the media except for a couple of people being, like, absolute pieces of shit, you're just describing what it's like to be a video games developer in 2018? True. Very true. Uh, any last thoughts, Chris, about Tokyo Drift? Thank you again for joining us. Any last thoughts before we wrap up, close up shop, close the garage doors on your car so we can let Sean escape with Neela? Uh, any last thoughts on Tokyo Drift before that happens? Do they ever drift again? Is, is there any drifting from here on out? Nah. Real shame. Did we bring you around? Are you a little bit more towards the middle ground now? Or are you still like... No, this movie sucked. What I like about Chris, though, like, he, you know, he's very blunt about these movies. He doesn't like this movie. However... He's not against seeing other movies. No. He's not using this to taint the rest of them. He seems genuinely curious about, like, how the hell this fits into the arc of it all. You know, he's yeah. taking a scientific approach to it, which I would expect nothing less from a future Doctor. <laughs> the, the thing is, I can't even imagine that this is the worst one. I would have to guess just by <laughs> just by knowing, like, what happens in this franchise and things like that. I would actually guess that maybe two is the worst one. Two and A lot of people say two, yeah. Are, are my least favorite. Although... I like two more and more each time I see it. Eight, eight is really kind of bad. Charlize is kind of really, really not great in it. The, the more Charlize I'm character. watching eight, the less I'm liking yeah, it. Yeah, that whole heel turn thing sounds really stupid. It's not great. It's not. One day, maybe, maybe uh, you know, in it's 2018. By What's going to happen is you'll come around and then you'll be like, hmm. maybe by like 2026, I'll have seen all of these movies with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we're right now we're only doing a lap and a half a year, so like it's it's not you're not gonna it's not gonna happen for a while, but. Camp Cage Club, it might just be on the TV. We might just get sucked into watching all eight of them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you might want to leave, but you can't leave because it's in the middle of a fourth movie and you still got four and a half movies I to I need to see four more. I mean, by the time that I get to that, it'll be like 12 more, but still, like, I'm, I'm halfway there already. Yeah, exactly. You're living on a prayer. I not anything that happened, but I'm halfway there. Since the last time that we recorded this podcast with Too Fast, Too Furious, we recorded an episode of Magic Mike's for Stop Loss with Aislinn Addington, who was on our first episode of Lap 2. She and Tobin were on talking about the first, the OG, Fast and Furious. We talked about military Channing Tatum and Stop Loss, a movie that none of us liked very much. We then recorded The Ides of March. Ides of Gaz, the Gaz of March for Boyfriend Material. Which was good, yeah. A movie that we both liked a lot, that Joe yep. liked more than I did, but very good. Shout out also, P.S. I Love Hoffman, Philip Seymour Hoffman in that movie. We also, not one of the ones that we do, but a podcast that I do with Mike Manzi, we already mentioned, we did our Watch the Throne episode of The Fate of the Furious. Which, of course, had to have me. We spent an hour just talking about Cypher and about shortcomings and who she could really be and all sorts of, sort of fun, cool stuff. So go check that out. Like, I understand that the audience for this podcast might not listen to a lot of the shows on the network, but I do feel like if you're ever going to give another show a chance... It's going to be that. It's going to be that one, because it and is it's going to be show. a little teaser for Mike Manzi being on the next lap, so... Exactly. 
by the time we record the next episode, we will record our episode of Fighting for Magic Mike's, which is a movie that we still don't know anything about, but assuming it's about fighting in some way, still don't know how we're going to fire-ass titles that, but we're going to get there. We're also going to record Crazy Stupid Love for Boyfriend Material, also with Aislinn. Again, she'll be back for that. And then we will be back here one month from today with Fast and Furious with our friends Liam and Ellie, hopefully, fingers crossed, of the Nerd on Nerd podcast. Shout out Nerd on Nerd. Yeah, that's right. Cool. We're going to have them back too. Also, next episode, we're going to have a very special announcement of something else that's coming up that we're going to be working on. So not yet, but next month we will announce that little tidbit. So stay tuned. But Chris, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I'm glad Chris got to join. Thank you for joining our family. Thank you for being a part of the Is there one of the eight eight movies so far that you want to watch more so, that you haven't seen more so than the rest of them, or you're all sort of, they're all kind of together? Um, I don't think I could differentiate these movies uh, if my life depended on it. So you said you saw one, three, five, six, we think? Which is the first one with The Rock? Five. Then yes, definitely that one. And I feel like probably the one after that. Because six is Gina Carano. Oh, then definitely that one. Okay, so yeah, five and six. Okay, cool. Well, those are the two great ones. Seven's also really, really great. I mean, we love this one. I mean, we love them all, but, you know, those are... Does I mean, I guess there's no spoiler. You've done a lap race, so I can't spoil anything, right? Um, No. does Gal Gadot fall out of a helicopter? No, she... Uh, <laughs> what am I even thinking of? She gets killed on the longest runway in the world when they're trying to bring down that plane. Full she gets killed on the runway. Yeah. Does anyone fall out of a high thing? Well, they jump into a plane, and then they jump cars out of a plane. I, I'm probably like blending like seven or eight movies together in my head about what I Same. saw. There's one... You know, in, in Fury 7, the, the big trailer thing was that they jump a car from building the building a couple uh, times. I don't know. And she doesn't have a golden lasso in this movie? <laughs> no, you're no. thinking about uh, her Dior commercials. Oh, yeah, shit. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about her time in the Israeli military. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, actually, right. here's a little bit of tidbit that people, they've never said, not that they're ever going to say because his character is dead, but there's a very popular fan theory that Han is maybe former military. Okay, sure. And also that he's a former smoker, and that's why Definitely he eats this entire smoker. movie. Yeah. Mm. So there's, there's like people love Han. People love coming up with theories about Han. Justice for Han. Chris, you want to you want to tell the fans if people care, if people are still listening about now and again your podcast twice a month, first of the month, every month this show comes out on the first of the month. Every month your show also comes mm-hmm. out. We talk about pop music mostly through the lens of the now that's what I call music series, which is basically the Fast and the Furious of compilation albums. Uh, it's either. <laughs> Either that or pure moods. Uh, your call, I guess. Yeah, we go through that. We are currently up to about about this time. Uh, we're we're at like two thousand four, two thousand five. We're in the Tokyo Drift era of pop music, so um, you can come and listen to us talk about pop music and and ludicrous. Probably we'll never talk about Lil Bow Wow, Kelly Clarkson, and uh, and, and some Nickelback. And uh, yeah, two thousand five is a weird era, but we've gone from nineteen ninety nine. Episode twenty is dropping. Probably will have dropped by the time this drops. Um, well, it drops on the same day. Oh, well, there you go. So episode yep. 20 out now. We're in somewhere around 2005. It's been a minute. We took a little bit of a diversion, uh, but we're, we're back on our bullshit. Now that's what I call music, volume 20. It's a good time. We, we have we have lots of, we have lots of I've fun. I've been on one. Yeah, They're both fun. these gentlemen have been on the show. Uh, me and my co-host Nico have a, have a lot of fun talking about pop music. And it often drifts, uh, no, no pun intended, but I love it. Uh, into modern pop music and and other fun topics. Well, as a casual fan and also your boss, I actually kind of prefer the episodes that aren't about the discs. I mean, I 
prefer recording those too. I understand that like that's not you know what the podcast was, but I like you know your diversions, your four episode you know sidetrack about Rolling Stone and also the hundred greatest songs of the century so far, and even you know just talking about like that crazy crazy Quincy Jones interview mm-hmm. that you spent an entire episode talking about. That's the good stuff. Yeah, and now now's a pretty decent time to to jump onto the show because we just ended that Rolling Stone arc. We're going back into really a new. Uh, we're like ending really like phase one of of the show. Like the first twenty is a very specific five year chunk, uh, and we're moving into a very different time for music now. And uh, also yeah. the, the end of the calendar year is coming up, so I always do a best of mixtape at the end of the year, so you can discover some new music, you can revisit some old music, put on some Fast and Furious in the background, and uh, you know ride along with us for all things Too Fast Too Forever and now and again and our episode of Watch Throne and everything Cage Club Podcast Network. You can go to cageclub.me. Facebook.com slash Cage Club or at Cage Club Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. We will read whatever you write on air. Thank you again to Brian Spillner and also to Wes yes. for writing in this email, this episode. Your emails are awesome. Thank you, Wes, for sending in the picture of the car. Brian, thank you for sending in the picture of your car. That's super cool. Sorry for blowing up your spot where you might live. Uh, but, you know, Joe's got his beer brain and he's always able to pick out these, you know, specific yeah. locations. He's like Rain Man for beer. So there we I go. Am. Cageclub.me, Facebook.com slash Cageclub, at CageClubPod on Twitter and Instagram. We have our own Facebook page and Instagram at Too Fast Too Forever. So go check those out and just, you know, say hi. Email us, family at CageClub.me. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And that was Chris's podcast. And we'll see you next time for Fast and Furious number four, right here on Too Fast Too Forever. At the starting of the week, I tell me, talk show.